Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. Today, we've got Janice Legata, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. Janice and I um, have so much similarities in our stories and our journeys. We um, we grew up in charismatic kind of Christianity. We got sucked into the the world of ministry school and um, church, big, big church, mega church. Um, uh, her background, of course, is different to mine. Mine was Bethel, hers is Hillsong. But um, so many overlaps, so many similarities um, and so many similar reasons to deconstruct and um, and what it looks like to deconstruct in those um, worlds as well. Uh, so interesting to, to talk to Janice and I really um, enjoyed this conversation. I think you will too. Um, before we get started, encourage you to check out the deconstructionnetwork.com. I know I say it every week, but I mean it. If you aren't on it, register, check it out. It's a great free resource to find people that are deconstructing locally to you, which can be a huge game changer if you feel alone and isolated in this process. And so check it out, the deconstructionnetwork.com. If you want something of um, more of an online community, an, on, okay, an intimate online community, you can become a patron of mine. We have a private discussion group um, and we do regular voice chats and Zoom calls and things like that. We've got a book club um, and we discuss all sorts of things day in, day out over on the Discord channel. Um, as it's, it's really mostly as a thank you for those that support me, but uh, if, if that's what you're looking for, it's a great way to do it. Um, you also get the added bonus of feeling great about helping me pay my bills and continue to do the work that I'm doing for free. And so um, if that's something you'd be interested in, check out patreon.com slash phildrysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, the fees are lower if you do it through my website, but I know a lot of yours are in that um, Patreon bubble and you, you you know it's hard to break out once you're in it. And so that's totally fine as well. There's, there's no uh, issues. Both uh, result in exactly the same outcome, uh, the same perks and rewards or whatever, um, as little as they are. It's really hard to come up with perks and rewards when you do everything for free already. Um, but the, the discussion group and the Zooms and the, and the, and the voice chats, you know, hopefully um, that's helpful to people. I know that a lot of people in the group find it remarkably um, liberating to have a group of people that they can talk to in a safe space about all sorts of different things. And so if that's something you're looking for, do check those out. All right, let's dive into the conversation with Janice. I'm excited to share this one with you. Let's go. Hey, hey. Hey, Phil. How you doing? I am pretty good. How are you? Good. <laughs> I've, I've been running around like crazy metaphorically actually i've not done any running today but i have just bounced from one thing to the next to the next to the next and uh i'm looking forward to just kicking back and relaxing with you to be honest <laughs> so i'm excited just to have a more relaxed chill conversation like oh yeah it's, it, no man this no no relaxation here we're gonna <laughs> all going to be happening i i know we're both really intense people and we we have so many similarities it's crazy as well i i i just know like reading a little bit we're on the same um patreon over at dirty rotten church kids and reading some of your yeah. bio and you see your blogs and stuff like we both went through like a ministry school whatever the yeah um you know we, we've we've served and volunteered till you know the end like you know we, we we're gonna click on some big stuff today and it's going to be intense but that kind of chills me out on some level do you know what doesn't chill me out 
is like, I just had a, a, a amazing conversation with these two amazing women that one of them was in a cult for 18 years. One was in for 30 years and they're starting this movement to tell people's cult stories. And they're wanting to include people like ex-evangelicals as well. And, and yeah. kind of the whole spectrum It's called, uh, I got out and I'm like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Great. Let's do a podcast. But 30 minutes, they want to share with me their entire vision. They want to talk to me about my vision. They want to like talk about cults. And I'm like, do 30 minutes? I can't tell you my name in 30 minutes. Like <laughs> I need time. So I think that's what I find stressful is like going from meeting to meeting when like yeah. you just feel rushed. Like yeah. right, I've got to say the right thing, get it all done. And that's why my podcasts are long. I'm just like, I can't deal with that stress. No, that's intense. And to switch gears like that. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, got to soft it, it, slide into it, you know? <laughs> yeah. None of that here. I have no vision for Excellent. anything. There we go. So. <laughs> Just shooting from the hip all over the place. <laughs> I love, it. I love it. I'm excited. This is this is gonna be great. Um, we'll probably just roll with whatever and we'll just kind of start and include anything. Cause I like to include the preamble as well. I feel like it's more casual, it helps people feel a bit more comfortable as well. But yeah, say whatever you want, any way you want, nothing is off the table. There is no way to say things right or wrong or like you're good just whatever you feel comfortable with um we usually go somewhere between an hour and a half two and a half hours but how are you doing for time i want to make sure like we're not gonna like eat into like your whole day or if you've got like a hard time you need to roll out by or no i'm good um uh, chill. Okay. i don't have anything until three we'll, o'clock we'll, so. we'll feel it out so uh yeah. yeah we'll probably not get that far um so <laughs> i no. want to have dinner so <laughs> no you uh said we could go as long as it takes so i i do have we're gonna be here some level i do have like this desire <laughs> just to like have an epic podcast sometime where we just i get a few people on and we just talk for hours about crazy stuff like and this could easily be it because right let's, let's dive in though because i want to know right first of all i i know that a lot of stuff on um the internet you're janice I know you mm -hmm. also go by Janny. Do you have a preference? Um, I, anything except Jan. Okay, not Jan. Not Jan. Janice, okay. Janny, Jan Jan even, but okay. not Jan. So whatever, whatever you're comfortable with, I'm okay. comfortable with. Cool. Well, now I'm just going to probably get it so in my head not to say Jan. I'll probably say that at some point and be like, shit. Um, isn't that <laughs> and amazing? And I will log out like, just immediately. You say, and then just, dumb, done. <laughs> That would be the best podcast ever. <laughs> um, awesome. Cool. Great. Well, I'll, I'll probably roll with Jenny because that's what's on the screen and we can we can do that. But let's dive into like you initially. Like I, I know a lot of people that are listening to my podcast probably have come across your podcast, your, your website. It's God is not given. Um, but for people that don't know you, give us like a, just a taster overview. We'll probably dive into much more stuff, but like who are you and, and why are you doing what you're doing? Like, you know, no one starts doing what you're doing without a story, right? You, you don't just go, I know I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to talk about all this stuff. I'm going to like really challenge all these kind of different big topics. Like there's some story there, right? Oh, there's a, there's a lot of story. Um, and I am a storyteller. So, so yeah, I feel like I came onto most people's radar as far as Exvangelicalism and deconstruction, all of that. Um, it's all pretty recent. Mm. Uh, like my podcast only started at the end of October 2020. 
Um, so we're, yeah, not even six months old yet. Um, and so I, I started my podcast because, you know, I've been listening to a lot of deconstruction-y kind of podcasts. And a lot of it felt like it was coming from like, um, almost like an expert kind of point of view, like talking to people, you know, who've written books about purity culture and women in the, you know, just right. topics. Um, and for me, I was like, well, I'm really interested in kind of like the day to day. Um, because I, you know, grew up in church, was very involved in churches, you know, up until, yeah, about three years ago. Um, and so most of my, definitely my family, you know, is all Christian. And then most of the friends that I have are people that I met in church. And so mo right. a lot of them are still, you know, still in church, still Christian. So I was just really interested in like, what does it, it started out as like, what does it look like from an outside kind of point of view like when your friend is deconstructing mm -hmm. what are you thinking what are you worried about like just how does that look you know at that level sure. so like so I just want to talk to to my friends and just see because I think you know people we, when you leave church they get really worried about that um mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know they give you time and space. Um, oh, she'll figure it out. She'll come back. You know, we're praying for you, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then with me, as I started kind of like playing with some other ideas and being like, what about this? And what about this? Um, my friends kind of already know. And I mean, I'm an artist, so I think I get away with a lot. And they're just, they just kind of expect you to be a little right, left a little of crazy, center. Weird. Yeah. It's kind of, oh, the weird artist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That That's... <laughs> Of course she would be doing that um but then like I would just find these things and I'd be like well what about this and we'd be talking about stuff and I'm like oh like we're actually not as far apart as you mm. might think um or people I think a lot of things as a Christian you just don't think about you're just like this is this is the rule this is whatever and you just kind of tuck it away and you just live by it and move by it but you really don't examine it and so then when you kind of you know, starting these conversations and be like, well, let's actually think about this. And then just finding out we're actually not as far apart, you know, yeah. as you might think. Um, so yeah, so I was just, you know, having those conversations. So I started the podcast uh, maybe like two weeks before, just coincidentally, um, this whole Hillsong Carl Lentz thing blew up. Right. Um, and so it was just kind of like perfect timing for that. So then it didn't, and it's not a anti-Hillsong podcast, but a lot of the people that I know are from, you know, my life in Hillsong. Sure. So we do end up talking about that a lot. Um, and that just kind of, kind of just provided uh, in for a lot of other people because people were really interested in what was happening with sure. that. Um, so yeah, so that's how a lot of people came to know me I had written a blog post about it um, and about my time yeah my time in Hillsong and kind of outside of it now so it's been yeah just kind of a wild six months um, of just this ever-expanding community yeah of deconstruction and yeah whatever whatever this is so uh, well who knows yeah. what this is right <laughs> <laughs> so this start people start labeling it you're like okay, sure for you, but no, no, it's not, that's not what this is. I don't know what it is, but it's not that either. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard to fit a finger and probably because we're all in very different places as well. Right. So right. like, it's such a messy one to figure out. 
But, yeah. uh, but the beauty is no matter how far apart we are, you start talking like you're saying and you suddenly realize, oh, we're not that far apart though. We're actually yeah. pretty similar. And we agree on a lot of things. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. I, I love, the, there was a study done recently in the US called Perception Gap. You can find it at perceptiongap.us. And it's really interesting where they got all these Republicans to answer questions about what they believe about different topics and different ideas and, and things. But then they got them to say, how do you think Democrats think about that? And then they answered the same questions. And then they got all these Democrats to answer what they believe and how they think and whatever. And then they said, what do you think Republicans think? And what they found was that both Democrats and Republicans think each other are like so much more extreme than they are. And actually, generally speaking, they kind of believed very similar things. And generally speaking, we're like, agreeing or saying the same thing a lot of the time like they weren't actually even disagreeing they just thought the other person thought some ludicrous insane idea you know like yeah. um and and so i i, I do wonder sometimes how we kind of get ourselves in these bubbles where we go oh yeah all evangelicals everyone at hillsong is this freaking psychopath and you're like i lived there for a long time <laughs> i wasn't a psychopath and actually most of the people i knew aren't psychopaths and actually if I can take that lens off and just talk with them, they're probably all in fairly similar places. They just, like you said, they haven't asked the question. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm reading, um, do you know uh, Alice Gretzen? She's, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm reading her book, Wayward. Um, just now I finally got around to it. And there's an amazing bit, bit in the book. She's 13, I think. And she asks her dad, she's like reading through the Bible. And she's like, dad, if God told you to like, just give me over to a crowd to rape me, would you and he's like what like are you insane no i would never do that and the mom's like why would you ask this and she's like well it's in the bible that happens a bible. few times <laughs> like and well, but what's funny about it is the dad's like oh no 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 you, you, we just read it differently that's not how we read it it's like old testament but the mother was even more interesting when she's like oh she's like, there's rape in the bible i'm like she didn't know there's rape in the i'm like that's like one of the main topics of the bible is like yeah let's just rape the shit out of everything like that's yeah. like Old Testament 101. And and I'm just amazed again at like these three people were all on the same page here. No, right. we're not gonna do that. That's a pretty extreme one. So it's quite easy to find us all on the same page. I hope everyone listening would say the same thing. I hope you, Jenny, if you're not on the same page, this is gonna be a different conversation. Um, but like I think most rooms, you know, 99% of the rooms you walk in and say, Hey, what do you think about this topic? We're gonna get pretty unanimous here. And yet it's easy to read and go, oh, so Christians would be okay with that? Or, oh, so right. that's something that they believe? And it's like, no, we just kind of ignore that. Oh, okay, that's weird, but I can jive with that. I would ignore that shit if I had to be Christian and I didn't want to give over for my daughter to be raped. I agree. <laughs> Let's ignore that passage. And it's so interesting. It's, it's, it's fascinating. So how, how have you found those kind of conversations when you do bring up stuff that people are ignoring are kind of like, do you find that kind of destabilizes them a bit? Like they suddenly are like, Oh, uh, I haven't looked at that. And I'm not comfortable with the fact I haven't looked at that. Um, not, not so much because I don't <laughs> like, I, I don't generally approach it. Like today's topic will be, <laughs> and we are going to talk about, and why do you believe, you know, this, like it just, right. it just really comes up in just normal kind of, you know, conversation. Um, and I'm not to my friends, I'm not overly antagonistic. Sure, you're um, not trying to get them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there are other people online who I do try to get often. Right. Um, but in conversation, like, I mean, and a lot of it centers around um 
honestly like around a lot of like marriage and relationships you know mm. kind of things because I have Christian you know friends who are Christian and in the church but also also sexually active but also still you know telling other right. people not to be and also you know not being open about that with you know with their church community but like being open in our friend group um so then like it's just interesting to me so then I'm not coming at it like, well, you say this, but you're doing this. But like, I just like to talk about these ideas. Um, mm. And and I find just like, I mean, and we, and I understand it, um, like, you know, coming from that environment, you and I know cognitive dissonance well. Like, right. I know what it is to think one thing or to think I'm supposed to think one thing, you know, but to be acting in another way. Um, so I find in a lot of these conversations, like I'm really trying to add to almost like stabilize um, mm. and to try to be like, okay, like <laughs> I know you say you think this, but you're doing this and I'm seeing this and it's okay. Like I'm fine mm. with it. Like it's not, there's no judgment here. Um, right. You know, I think we're taught to judge each other and to judge ourselves so harshly. Yeah. Um, so I'm just just really fascinated in these conversations with just kind of putting the action on the table and just like letting it sit there and let it be okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, giving my perspective, well, I think it's fine because, you know, whatever, and almost just offering people another way to look at it. Like, even if they're not sure. ready to wholeheartedly agree with me yet that, oh, this, this might be fine. Like, it just, you know, Christianity, you just planting seeds right you're just right you're just dropping pots there <laughs> and you know people can pick them up you know as they want to so I mean with my friends it's been yeah it's been it's been good I don't come at them antagonistically they don't generally come at me that way like occasionally it'll just there'll be little little things in conversation um you know for my birthday you know we did this small dinner um, and one of my friends, you know, before we go to eat, she's like, oh, we got to bless the food. And she's like, oh, oh no, I guess, you know, cause Janice isn't Christian anymore. And then I was like, well, I haven't, <laughs> oh, I'm not Christian. Like, oh, you decided that. Like, I'm not, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and you've decided I really don't like blessed food. I want my food <laughs> non-blessed please. <laughs> right. And actually I was like, yeah, I, I, like, I really appreciated that moment. Cause it was like, oh, oh, like we're changing here. Sure. Because that's actually not, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not yeah. anti, but also that's an extra two or three minutes because I knew it was going to be. My food is getting cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because it wasn't just going to be blessing the food. Like, this is the thing in Christianity where also it's like, oh, we want to thank you for Janice and she's so great. And, you know, and say oh all gosh. those things. Yeah. Um. So then one of my other friends like stepped in and I was like, oh, like, you know, because that's something I've been thinking a lot about with, with prayer. Um, you know, how we often, we would use prayer to hide things we want to say about other people. Mm -hmm. Bad it's and like good. Passive aggressive kind of right. like, yeah. But even good things, you know, it's, it's, it's way more vulnerable, you know, um, to say, you know, oh, Janice, like I, I'm glad that you were born. I really love you, you know, as opposed mm. to, oh God, I just want to thank you for Janice. I just want to thank, you know, just having to take that extra step to actually say what you think of people wow. um, without so hiding true. it. Yeah. Like, and it's, and like, try it. Like, it's awkward to just tell your friends what you think of them without right. like 
hiding it in prayer to just say, oh, like, I, I really love you. I really am glad that you're here. You are such a good part of my life. Like, you know, so it's been, it's been more that with my friends, like just becoming more, just more honest and more vulnerable mm. and just saying things and not, not hiding behind God. Like, oh, I feel like God wants to tell you, no, I feel like I want to tell you, or I think, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. So I love it's, that. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I think, so I, the, the ministry school thing I was a part of was, was Bethel out in the West coast. And like, there's a lot to be said about that in a whole host of different ways. But one of the things I do actually think helped me grow tremendously, it relates to that, where they would have this kind of practice where they were like, look, if you go up to some stranger and you say, I've got a prophetic word for you, because they're like all about the supernatural and things like that, and you hear from God and then you speak, it was like, it's kind of creepy, right? So even, you know, even this evangelical movement, we're like, it's kind of creepy. Just go up to someone and say, God gave me a word for you. You know, you're this, 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 or whatever. So they were like, how about you kind of just just do it kind of covertly. You don't need to tell them God said that was just really powerful and impactful. So, so we got really good at like going up to people, whether we knew them or not, and just being like, Hey, I think you're incredible. I think you're so great at this. You're really gifted at that. And I so appreciate that. And I think that's going to really set you up for success in your life. And, and I really look at that. And I, cause as you're saying that, I'm like, I have no problem looking at someone in the eyes and going, I love you. I think you're amazing. I'm so thankful for who you are. But I have had for all my life leading up to kind of probably that kind of time in my life, it kind of pivoted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so interesting that like, yeah, you're right. We hide behind prophetic words, behind prayer, behind these kind of mechanisms where we not even to say the passive aggressive, oh, and, and Lord, we just we just pray that as Janice eats her meal and enjoys her time <laughs> with her Christian friends, that she would remember that, you know, right. that, that it's you, Lord, that gives us happiness or, you know, right? it's like, fucking shut up, Julie, right? Or whatever, right? <laughs> I get it. I'm not Christian anymore, right? <laughs> I'm not being convicted right now, but I do like think you're not coming to my next birthday party, right? Right. Or whatever. Yeah. But, but it, it can be that thing of like, oh, and God, I so love Janice and she's so amazing. I love her passion. And she always teaches me to think more about other people. Like that can be kind of awkward, I think, for a lot of people. You're right. And, and it's such a, yeah. a beautiful mechanism for those that can't do that. I, I think it would be great if we could all get to that place. <laughs> Maybe we can look our friend in the eye and tell them why we like them. Just but, tell them uh, why, yeah, yeah, why I like you without God forcing me to. Like. Yeah. I'd never thought of that before, though. That's really interesting. So fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I mean, because Hillsong, Hillsong is not, I mean, I think a lot of people would be surprised to find out that Hillsong is, like, charismatic, is Pentecostal, right. does It's charismatic believe. with a seatbelt, though, right? Like, it's oh, like, very much. we are not going to be way too out there. We've got an image to uphold. Like, we'll be charismatic, but let's do this organized, subtly, <laughs> behind Orderly this closed door. Yeah. If this is going to get crazy, this there's meeting, a room for that. Right. We go through here. Like, right, right. Yeah. But they would have like these sessions of, yeah, like just just giving people prophetic words, you know, and just just going up and, you know, just saying whatever God is saying to you. Um, And now I'm just like, oh, like you're just giving people your opinions, like, which is fine. Sure. Yeah. But like, just say that, you know, like, don't. Yeah, we're hiding. We're hiding everything. Right. In in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, so I'm, I mean, I grew up in a very, very Pentecostal, very charismatic, very okay. not orderly in fashion, you know, church started at 10, you knew that when it would end, who knows, 
Nice. You know? And so people are speaking in tongues and giving words and interpretations and all of that. Um, so I always thought, oh, like, it's just not my spiritual gift because I just do not, just not into it. Like, mm, I just don't. Yeah. I've never been into the overly spiritual, ooky spooky stuff. I'm just like, ah, oh, like, I've never, right. never really liked it. Um, Did you ever have the thing of like, because there's a thing of, I know this is for me growing up in that world, charismatic, you know, people falling over and people yeah. praying in tongues. And there's this thing of like, well, no one's saying I'm a bad Christian because I'm not doing this, but I'm pretty sure I'm a bad Christian because I'm not doing this. Like, this is definitely the norm is falling over and being weird. I know that like at school, that's not the norm, but here I am not normal. I'm like sitting here, like someone just laid hands on me and nothing happens. And all I could think about was like, his shoes look really nice. Like we should not be giving the kind of offerings we're giving this guy. Cause those shoes are nice. Um, you know, like that's my thought process is he's laying hands on me. You know, I'm trying really hard to be reached by God and nothing's happening. Like, did you, did you ever kind of straddle that kind of whole world of like not really fitting in wanting to fit in and then all the kind of emotions and feelings in between of going, what's wrong here? Is it my sin? Is it my belief? Is it, how, how did you navigate that? Cause I I've been in those environments and it's intense, right? Try living at Bethel for four years and never once falling over. Right. I, I went back a few times just to pity the person, you know, they were, they seemed committed and they weren't moving on. And I'm like, you know what? I can fall backwards. Someone will catch me. Let's just do it. So tr trust exercise. I'll, I'll go back so you can move on. Cause you need to go to lunch, you know, or whatever. Right. But right. Apart from that, I was never going to get whacked out or <laughs> all these kind of weird kind of uh, things that were going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like she talks about that in Wayward too, like her, you know, being in those healing meetings yes, and, you know, things. Brown. Right. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh, I know that name revival Brownsville. Like, and I'll just, all these yeah. things. I'm like, Oh, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was in it. Um, and I, I, I spoke in tongues and I, yeah, probably went down a few times, but it was like, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. And then you're like laying there, like, how long do I have to lay here? How right. long is realistic for, you know, and just, just trying to feel something. Um, yeah. And I mean, you feel confused. You feel, you know, quite like you're feeling things, but you're not feeling the things you think you're supposed to be mm -hmm. feeling. So it's just, and yeah, you, you put it back on yourself. Like, okay, this, this has something to do with me because all of these other people that I know and that I love and that I trust seem to be having a genuine experience and if I'm not, then something is blocking that. Um, right. So what is it, you know, <laughs> about me? What deep, dark sin has 13-year-old me, you know, right. <laughs> keeping me separated from God, you know? And it's, I don't know. I mean, to look back on it now, I'm like, oh, like the whole thing, the only word I can think of is just toxic. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's just so, it's just so deadening. Um, as much as it's supposed to be about, you know, bringing your spirit alive and bringing you to life. No, right. it's like about killing so much of you, including just your own, you know, self-awareness and, and being able to say, well, this is what I, this is what I feel. And this is genuine. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's not bad. Like it just is, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah.
I, I remember so many conversations with people where they're like, wow, you're just, you're over-intellectualizing it. You should stop thinking so much. So I'm like, all right, I'll stop thinking. And then I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. And I'm like, well, your feelings can be deceptive. You need to stop worrying about your feelings. I'm like, so I'll stop feeling. And it's like, you're slowly dehumanizing. You don't realize this at the time, but you're right. like, start, you're learning to like, just kind of devalue all the things that make you, you. Um, right. And, and realize, well, no, I've got to fit in this mold to, to fit in this world. And that requires apparently no thoughts, no feelings. <laughs> apparently those aren't allowed. Right. Um, whereas I'm sure all those people rolling around on the floor and like whatever, and, you know, doing all the crazy stuff, like I'm sure they were having a, a wonderful, genuine experience for them based on how they're built and how they're made up and how that kind of spiritual activity engages with them. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it was, fake or anything even i'm just saying like what how they were built was different to me and the problem was suddenly well then you need to change like because because this is is a deep spiritual thing from on high and god wants to do it in the same way to every person that's why i got you in a line where we don't even really care that you're a human we just kind of move along and just hit you in the head um yeah yeah it's it's such a weird weird world what what kind of denomination was that that you were a part of um (laughs) non-denominational like, oh not, nice yeah, yeah you can't like um the pastor that i grew up under they came out of the aog right um, there are so many non-denominational aogs and you know right. what it is aog fees they're high they're high basically every church i've ever been a part of or gone to that's a non-denominational ex aog church is an aog mm-hmm. church that doesn't want to pay the aog fees that's basically the only real difference is like we're the same we kind of believe all the same things, maybe a couple mm-hmm. things slightly differently, but basically we wanted to keep that extra 10% or whatever it is. I don't actually know the exact amount, but yeah. Um, yeah. it's just so funny. But yeah, I, so just you saying, oh, we were a non-denominational AOG. I'm like, oh, I know your church on some <laughs> level, on a very deep guttural level. I know your church. I've been in your church. I've experienced your church and I've yeah. never been to that church. <laughs> I might have actually, who knows? but yeah oh Oh my you you didn't not not that one yeah (laughs) so what what's what happened from you know you being the 13 year old girl that's not going over in your non-denominational aog church to you know going i gotta go to hillsong like that's i mean sydney that's not where you grew up where 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 did you grow up where where are you from riverside california okay nice okay so yeah Yeah. so nobody people who know you know that's that's a deep cut um so people who know will know and everybody else be like what how how close to LA is that and it's not it is you know I've been to Riverside the oh look at you for what what up uh I I think I spoke in a church there one time I can't even remember what it was I I used to travel and speak in churches all over the world and Ah. um so I have been everywhere I might have been to your church I'm not even joking no (laughs) it's no um, you definitely no. never came to my church because we I, we would not have no it just no no we had maybe 75 people on the books um and you kind of yeah, work through the rota average average attendance of 40 50 i don't know like we what, are you, what are you saying here you know i'm only gonna do little, the big big churches of ten thousand people yeah, that's yeah. you know me I'm i'm a big deal you're you're definitely overestimating the kind of churches i would go to (laughs) i was like wow 75 that's a pretty big church you know (laughs) you forget as well i'm from the uk the average church in the uk is like 12 people you know like we we don't have big churches. a a mega church in the uk is like 
200 plus, like it's a big, big church. Um, and so we, we do have huge churches, you know, Sydney, Hillsong, London, probably a big example of a big church, one of the few big churches. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> we, we don't have big churches. So in America, the, the, the small churches, I'm like, well, it's a good, thriving, decent sized church. And Americans <laughs> are like, we're dying. Um, they should come to Europe and hang out for a bit. <laughs> if only they knew. Super inspired. Although, you know, trends, yeah. trends are changing here now. They um, are. They are. Well, yeah, 75 might be a big church before long. <laughs> so, yeah, so the super small church, I mean, and we used to, you know, not not overtly. I don't know if it was ever, no, it was probably said out loud at some point. But, you know, those mega churches, those big churches, they're they're mm-hmm. they're doing something wrong. Like they're they're yeah. not giving the true gospel because too many people are having a good time, you know, mm-hmm. over there. Um, but at some point the women in my church, the women's ministry, they went to New Zealand for like a ministry trip. Um, and they came back with Hillsong music. So it was kind of like right before, uh, because at that time it was like Maranatha and integrity music. Like that was like where all the praise and worship was kind of coming from, right. you know, using, using those tracks and things. And then Ron Canoli was big and Ron Canoli did something with Hillsong. And it was like him and Darlene Check, you know, did a thing. And so that was kind of like our introduction to Hillsong right. music and Hillsong. I mean, you listen back to those, like all things are possible and shout to the Lord, you know, those those early cuts and now you're like oh this is so so standard like this is so mm. yeah late 90s early 2000s christiany by the time yeah. it was like oh this is they like, were doing something really fresh and new i remember fresh, like yeah. first time listening to hillsong especially what was the youth band is that hillsong is that united hillsong united, united? yeah well, i remember as like a teenager late teens hillsong united come on the scene and we were like whoa this is cool you know it's not yeah. just like it's not just worship now this is cool worship i feel like i could listen to this with my secular friends um god i hope i never did i can't remember i'm not massively <laughs> into music so i i didn't really listen to much music even then so um but yeah i, I really hope oh god <laughs> but they were they, they, there was something about hillsong that was like i don't know if it's the australian kind of vibe that certainly the music was very unique it, it didn't kind of like you could you could hear a song that you'd never heard before and you'd be like oh this is a new hill song one yeah right there was that kind of like uniqueness to it so yeah so they were they were doing it the best right they just came out of nowhere and you're like oh okay here they are um and so me as someone who who loved music you know was part of the worship team at church um but also you know very very christian and so, especially with anything to do with the arts, Christians, especially at that time, were very much, if you have this gift, like you have to use it for mm. the Lord, like you have to use it in church, because um, Christians are so afraid of the world anyway, but especially right. like the entertainment industry, anything to do with the arts. Sure. So, so yeah, you need, to, you need to keep this in the church. So at that time, I had already graduated from high school and was kind of, like, I knew I wanted to be something artistic but I also knew that I was smart and it felt like a waste to like be an artist I'm like I have to study something Mm. real um but I didn't have a passion for anything real so I would go to school for a while get bored 
then I would go to work, um, work for a while, get bored with that, I'll go back to school. So I was in one of those um, tired of work kind of phases. And I had gone looking to see if Hillsong was doing anything in the States at the time, and they weren't. Um, But that's when I found out about the college. So I was like, well, you know, yeah, sure. I'll go to, I'll go to school again. Um, And this, this is like the sweet spot because it's worship. They're doing it better than anyone. My church can get behind that. Um, I want to go back to school anyway. It's Sydney. That'll be different. That'll probably be good for me. Um, So yeah. A little different from Riverside, right? (laughs) Right. A little bit, slightly, slightly different. Um, So yeah, so I'll go there for a year. See, see what God says. And uh, yeah, we'll see see what happens there so I went uh ended up staying four and a half years wow and yeah and within the first six months like I knew I could never go back to my old home church Mm. um and I knew you know when when I had to come back those those years later I was like I knew if I was in California and not at that church, like it would have been an issue. Um, mm-hmm. Like those, you know, yeah, it just it just would have been an issue and just a fight I just didn't feel like having. So I was like, well, I can't live in California. So where am I gonna go? Um, and I had a friend that I met at the Bible college, lived in New York, I had visited New York. So I loved it. So like, that's where I'm going. Yeah, moved to New York in October, 2009. And okay. then yeah, they announced Hillsong NYC February 2010. Yeah. Um, and I was already part of the little connect group that became that first connect group. So I, yeah, day, day zero, Hillsong mm. NYC. I was yeah, in it right there. And of it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How, how was your experience of Hillsong in Sydney? Cause you know, the way you describe growing up in your church, you know, you, you obviously were into it enough to kind of make it through you know, life in that church, you're, you're, you're Christian, you find out about Hillsong, you head to Hillsong, but like there was some disconnect there as well of like, oh, I'm not connecting with some of this like extreme kind of like Pentecostal charismatic, the manifestations, external kind of stuff. Like what was it like going to Hillsong for you? Like, did, did you suddenly realize, oh gosh, this is different, right? Cause it isn't so extreme and outward and a lot of it's kind of stuff like did it click more with you or, you know, did you just generally speaking like Hillsong or did you have your own issues or questions while you were there or, or did it kind of just work? All of the above. Yeah. Um, like I remember getting to Hillsong and um, going to like one of my first services there and then just being like shocked because they were playing like secular music, like mm. in, in the lobby, like before you go in. and. And so it would just be these things that would happen just the way they would do things. And then I would like, you know, check myself. Oh, okay. I'm more religious than I thought I was because, Mm. you know, this music bothers me. Why does that bother me? Um, And so, I mean, Hillsong is very intentional about being, being attractive. Um, and And so I had to deal with a lot of, you know, kind of my own small church, some of its insecurity and some of just the way you were taught. Like I said, you, you've been taught to kind of demonize big churches. And so you're sure. just on the lookout for how is this, how is this worldly? 
how are they blurring the lines, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, being in Hillsong, being like, oh, I actually feel, you know, this is a place I wouldn't be embarrassed to bring my friends to. Like, mm. you know, at the time, it, you know, the word was was relevant, right? Like, this is relevant. And this is, this is a good merging of, you know, the rest of your week and your Sunday. Like, it all just looks there's not that huge divide anymore. Like who sure. I am on Sunday and what I wear to church, you know, <laughs> it's not this completely separate wardrobe. It's just like, oh, this is all very, very casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that, you know, feeling like, oh, it, it all incorporates so much better. I mean, and part of that was because, you know, I was at the college and they were just monopolizing your time sure, in your life. You are there so. all week anyway. So <laughs> right. Sunday feels like the rest of the weekend. It's like, yeah, it's because I'm basically in a service every day. <laughs> every day, yeah. And the people that I know, yeah, we're all from, you know, all over the world and whatever. But like you're coming here because you have similar views anyway. You're kind of looking for the same thing. And you're all just living in this bubble together. And mm. so it feels like you're building this new, you know, cooler community. But it's like, no, you just found a different bubble um yeah. and you're just being heavily indoctrinated you know by it um so you know did i did i have a good time yeah absolutely and made you know some yeah. great friends um it's sydney uh it was good for me just to not be in the u.s like i'm like i think everybody sure, yeah americans you should leave at some point go somewhere else like it just expands your worldview in the sense that it gives you one because you don't have one (laughs) you know living here but to be like oh other people do things differently you know oh we're not we're not the center of the universe who when did this happen um so yeah so i had a great time uh definitely did i learn a lot no like hillsong is not it's not the most academic of it schools. Is, it is really no. not. Like I, even then, but it like doesn't I pretend feel, to be overly either, right? I don't know, because I mean, I felt bad for the people who came like straight out of high school and who I'm like, oh, if they're gonna think this is a true college experience, like if this is your first, right? And you think writing these little assessments or whatever, like, oh, uh, like this is this is doing a disservice, right? Yeah. um and i remember thinking like, that when i was at bethel like we had to read like one book a month and they were like you know there's like you know the christian books are like 150 pages it's like big for the blind font you right. know it's just huge font like there's and it says the same thing like every chapter like is basically the same thing but slightly different and then you had to write like two paragraphs on it or something and i'm like right. dudes this is and people are like god i don't know how i'm gonna get my homework done this month and i'm like what are you doing like what do you actually do with your time like this is insane this would take anyone about a day's work you know and you've got a month like uh it's just so funny like it it was such a different experience to university or or working right if you've worked full time you're like oh yeah this full-time schedule of basically going to church like 20 hours a week or something I can do that. That's not that hard. So I could probably run a full-time job alongside of that, really, if I'm honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, and I have to, I mean, I still call it Hillsong Bible College, but I'm like, technically, like, they don't even claim that. Like, it is That's Hillsong funny. International Leadership College. I'm like, Bible is nowhere in there. Like, it's all about leadership. Um, 
so yeah, so I'm like, I, I learned nothing. Um, and I was in the, you know, worship, worship and creative arts track. And I remember, you know, at the graduations, they would, you know, have these, these wonderful like orchestral numbers and you got this beautiful violin solo, whatever. And I'm like, you know, the people were coming here and they're thinking, oh, they learned that here. And I'm like, nobody learned anything right. musical here. Like, I think, maybe the my third year like they were just starting like some basic theory classes like music theory kind of thing so I'm like it's no Hillsong International Leadership College teaches you Mm -hmm. to do Hillsong and it teaches you Hillsong theology Hillsong thought just just Hillsong um and so you you feel you became a better leader because of that whatever leader means but you you feel you got some leadership skills personal relational skills things like that yes and no i think just because you're i mean yes because you're you're put in these positions and you're given opportunities um but no because the kind of leader i became was really up to me um, so, which is why you have so many people who come out of Hillsong as leaders, but who are terrible leaders. So they, you learn that there, um, you learn about a lot about how to, how to treat people. You see how people are treated. You see how people, you know, are elevated and how they're allowed to treat people. Um, so it teaches, it teaches a Hillsong style of leadership, right? but it's more, you know, Hillsong, one of their favorite sayings, you know, culture, culture can't be taught and it has to be caught. And so you catch on to a lot of these things. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I mean, you're learning just in the sense that you're living. Like, I don't think going to Hillsong taught me any more about leadership than I would have learned, you know, just having a job and being a manager. Um, Yeah. So I don't, Hillsong relies a lot on people just being who they are and doing what they would do anyway. And when it goes well, they take credit for it. And when it yeah. doesn't, they deny all responsibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. There was um, the the saying at Bethel was they, they went, they weren't sent, you know, so everyone, everyone <laughs> yeah. at the end of the, at, at the end of like your, your year, you would graduate and there would be a, there's a literal commissioning service at Bethel. They literally, Bill Johnson and Chris Valton, the two leaders, they have a freaking broadsword and you kneel down and they literally knight you, like commission you. And they're like, you are like a revivalist. You can go and save the world now. And so like, as far as sent goes, they send everyone, right? I mean, (laughs) they literally knighted you with a broadsword. You know, it's not like any options for you to say, no, they didn't approve of me. You know, like if if they'd said, all right, I hope you had a great year. We'll catch you later. Maybe they could say that, but they literally like you're kneeling down on this broadswords. You're you're approved, right? But then what's interesting is when people would go home, they would then be like, "Oh my god, I'm the next Bill Johnson. I can heal the sick and I can cause a revival." And then like just chaos breaks out because no one gets healed, or they say something right. really offensive, or something that's slightly different theologically, and it all blows up. It comes back to Bethel, and Bethel would be like, "Oh, they weren't sent. They they went." And it was this kind of like dismissive kind of thing of like, oh, they didn't learn from us. They they were disobedient somehow. They didn't really get it. They didn't really right. catch that culture that can only be caught here, but you can also be here and not catch it apparently. Um, 
you know, there is this kind of weird dynamic where we're just going to suddenly disapprove of you, even though we won't approve of you. Like, it, right. it was, it was weird, but like, I, I totally get that. And it, and it is a problem for these kind of institutions, right? They're like, they're kind of promising you come to us and you'll become this amazing leader. You can go and, you know, run a worship as a, as a worship pastor, or you can go and, right. you know, start a church or you can go and, you know, start a business and be kingdom minded or whatever. But the truth is a bunch of people are going to do that and it's going to hit a brick wall hard. And right. we got to have some sort of line here where when it comes back to us and they're like, hey, you told this guy he could like run a worship service and it did not go well. He is not good. It's like, he, you know, whatever reason. Um, right. Like you've got to have some sort of party line here. <laughs> we've got to have something we can say that's like, uh, oh, uh, no, they uh, fill in the blank, right? <laughs> it's got to be something. Because there's a lot of, I mean, how, I mean, it was a while back that 2000. So you were in like mid to late 2000s. It's quite a while yeah. ago in Hillsong's time. But even then, they were churning out a bunch of people from their leadership course, right? I mean, how, how many people were in? The I mean, years? I like our. I can't even remember how many people were there when I was there. Like we were, the college was growing. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, I'm so bad with numbers. I don't know how many people were there then. I don't know how many people there now. I don't know. But a lot of, you know, like I saw, so Carl had been a few years before me, probably tops four. Um, so he wasn't that, you know, far ahead sure. of me. Um, so the, like the first time I ever saw him was at a youth conference in Sydney. Like he, you know, came as, as a speaker. Um, so Carl, you know, he's not that far ahead of me. You know, people who were leaders who ended up being some leaders at Hillsong NYC, um, there are people I met there. Uh, sure. You know, Josh Kimes, the Hillsong Boston pastor now, and, you know, who was, you know, writing his sermons for a while there. He and I were in like one of the same morning leadership groups. So we mm. were, you know, in the same class. So a lot of the people who are self-destructing right now, you know, Jess and Reed Bogart right. and Dallas and all of that, they were, you know, like two years ahead of me. So, I mean, I knew a lot of these people, like a lot of these yeah. names. I'm like, oh, we were either there at the same time or they were, you know, just before me. And no, no, yeah. these, these are the superstars. These were, you know, the head students right. and the, you know, these are the people and now we're seeing this fallout right and so we're seeing it in a major way now um because of what happened with carl and i think yeah. that just broke the dam um for whatever reason but like sure. it's it's been happening the whole time yeah um even when yeah. i was there you know they would give those stats about you know oh the people who you know study theology and the huge you know, that, I can't even remember what the number is, but it's an insane number who, you know, 10 years down the road, don't even believe in God, like don't even go to church. Mm -hmm. And like at the time you're like, oh my God, how, how that could never be me. And now, now I'm like, oh, I get it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a consistent, you know, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not on Facebook. So I, I was never in the group, but you know, there was a huge, yeah. you know, Hillsong College alumni fiasco where you know someone posted the question like hey has anyone else you know really struggled since leaving Hillsong College and you know that just blew up and they had to go in and shut it down eventually mm -hmm. but it's like yeah we're seeing it right now like this this particular crop I'm like but it's been happening 
the whole time. Yeah. You yeah. know, and the people who are there now and still believing and still, you know, no, no, they all, they were all bad batches. You know, they all, right. they all went, they all went. None yeah. of them were sent, you know, I like, give it, give it a but few it's, years. It's so guys. complex, right? Cause it's, it's, it's easy when it's like, oh, day four, they leave, they go start a church and it blows up and you're like, oh yeah, they, they're wrong. And then these guys, oh, they start church and went great. They're good. But then it is, oh, and a decade later, oh shit. Uh, yeah. Well, they they were good, but they're actually. Uh, how do we categorize these guys, <laughs> right? Because we want to kind of start distancing ourselves, but at the same right. time, we have definitely not distanced ourselves from this person. We have done nothing but sing their praises for decades because they're doing it right according to right. like all our metrics, which of growth and success, and you know, being friends with cool people and celebrities or whatever else, you know. Right. Um, but it is funny, like you said. You know, I remember the the. I guess I, I'm not that connected to Hillsong um, at all, really, but I've talked with people coming out of Hillsong and deconstructing for probably 10 years now. Um, yeah. And so I remember it blowing up like in the alumni group. Um, I, I'm not on Facebook either. And if I was, I wouldn't be in the, the Hillsong alumni group, believe it or not, as someone that isn't. Um, but I remember people sending me screenshots and going, can you believe this? And I'm like, dude, yeah, we've been talking for two years about this, about how you're deconstructing and how like you, you've experienced abuse or, you know, things that were problematic. And I've told you that I've talked to dozens of other people from Hillsong that have said, yeah, I can believe it. Like, what, what are, you, are you surprised that your experience is not your, like, it's not just one isolated experience. Right. But I think that's the power of those moments and groups and the power of what we're in right now in the internet is it's amazing how even when people tell us you're not the only person going through this, even when we know that there's something about these types of movements that kind of do enforce this narrative that like no if you feel like this you are completely alone everyone else is loving this everyone else is great if you feel like you're abused it's probably something you misunderstood because those people are perfect and they're great right. and we're going to believe them not you everyone else believes them and no one else has ever had that problem with them so you clearly misinterpreted this or it's it's a really hard thing to navigate um so so talk to me so you 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 leave um, Hillsong, you come to New York, and then not long after that, you know, Hillsong, uh, New York kind of starts. Right. You get immediately involved. I mean, it's perfect, right? You're you're probably you've come at Hillsong, and you're like, I kind of wish there was something like Hillsong in New York, right? I can't be in Sydney. I'm in New York. Oh, I got to find a church. Got to find something that kind of clicks, but nothing right. quite clicks. Maybe. And they're like, Oh, we're starting a church in your town. You must have been like, This is the best thing that ever happened, right? It's so, like this. This is a literal answer to prayer. Right. There you go. You're probably praying for this one. Um, and so that, that, it's, that's amazing, right? So what, obviously that isn't the case long-term, like before long, you start to kind of unravel some of your beliefs, some of what you think about Hillsong and, and that whole thing. Like, what did that look like for you? Like from the beginning of getting involved in Hillsong, you, you know, New York, what was happening internally with your faith, with kind of your worldview that worked, but then didn't i mean and it was you know it took a long time um because i was there from 2010 to 2017 sure so you know and you said you've been deconstructing for about three years or so right so that's mm -hmm. a lot of I mean, years of feeling relatively good maybe not so black well, and white but i mean three years since i've yeah not been in church I mean, looking okay, back so now, I'm like, de-churched, but you, yeah, yeah, the the process was definitely, you know, happening. Yeah. Um, I would probably say since uh, 2013, 
Um, and I thought it was later than that, but I was just looking, I was talking with someone the other day. So I was like, let me actually go look and see um, when I started having these conversations with Carl about, you know, can we get some more women and people of color, you know, on the platform. Um, and I thought, I thought it had started later, but it had started in 2013. That was the first wow. time I asked him about it. Um, so yeah, so in 2010, you know, they announced Hillsong. So the rest of 2010, we were just kind of, you know, meeting in connect groups. We had like the big launch service in October, but that was like a one-time thing. And then it was like kind of monthly. So 2010 was like pretty chill. Like we were just hanging out, um, like building our little friendships kind of on the ground. Um, and, you know, from day one, like it's, sometimes it feels surreal to like look back on it and be like, I think I must be making this up. Like it could not have been like this, this extreme. But then I'll talk to my friends. I'm like, no, it was that extreme. Because like I said, I was part of this little connect group before it was Hillsong. So mm. it was, you know, Jess and Reed, they were planting a church and a friend of mine and me, we had joined and we were like, oh, cause it won't be Hillsong, but it'll be Hillsong-ish. Um, so that'll be good. It will be on the ground floor of this thing or whatever. Um, so like Jess and Reed, when it was their church were like, so just so friendly, just, you know, reaching mm -hmm. out because, you know, they had to be nice because they're trying to get people to come on. You can't plant thing. a church as an asshole. I mean, right. right. Like you can run a church, a mega church is an asshole, no problem once it's kind of going, but you cannot start from the ground up as like, you know, being a bit dickish. You've got to be a really great, nice people person, listen, care, like all, course, all right? of that. Right. <laughs> so they were doing all of that. And I kid you not, the second it became Hillsong, all of that changed like wow. immediately. Like they were, we are your leaders. And like, here's what you have to do. Like, mm -hmm. no more phone calls, no more texts, seeing how you're doing, not reaching out. Like it, it was so literally like overnight. It's like, oh, this is wow. Hillsong now. We are somebody. And and you know, they and they were right. People are going to want to be a part of this. So we don't have to be nice. Like, and it almost became a thing of you know, almost, almost pushing people, like testing people, like, do you really want to be a part of this? Like, mm. because, you know, Hillsong just comes attached with so much, like, you know, it's going to be big. Like we didn't know it was going to be as, as big as it turned out to be, but I mean, you know, people are going to want to be a part of this and it's yeah. the first one in the U S like, this is like a high, it's huge. <laughs> this is, this is an honor. Honestly. What size was it at this point? Like when, when Hillsong kind of like identified the, that this church was going on and they were like, this is going to be the, the church that we kind of like evolve into Hillsong, New York. What kind of place were you at? You know, were you, were you 75 Riverside kind of size or you no know, UK mega church? <laughs> <laughs> we were, yeah. UK mega church of like, yeah, 12, 13. So when it was right. Justin Reed's thing, it was <laughs> maybe 15 people. Okay. So um, really still getting off the ground then. It was still like really, baby, really yeah. yeah. Super, super small. Um, and wow. so, I mean, and that would be our, yeah, our full connect group. That was everybody. Yeah. So then once it became Hillsong, maybe like that next week, we had like 25 people. And then that kind of became like our core. But then they started having um, kind of like these welcome party kind of things so then it'd be you know like 20 of us kind of hosting and doing things but then that apartment would be packed so I mean right. it would be 50 60 70 people coming um and then you know 
within maybe two months, then we were having, we were meeting twice a week. So in two different apartments, you know, and so it was as soon as Hillsong, the name Hillsong was attached. And at that time, um, like everything was still new. Twitter, I don't think Instagram hadn't even really started yet. Um, So Hillsong didn't have a website. We just had like this raggedy little blog and you kind of like, nobody was never really clear where it was or when it was. So I'm sure we would have had way more people, but like people had to work to like find this information. (laughs) Um, But even with that, like people, people were coming, people, people were finding it. Um, and even, you know, when we had that launch service in October, they, you know, had people reserve, you know, RSVP, let us know that you're coming, you know, so we ended up having to have two services, you mm. know, so from the beginning, it was just always high interest. Yeah. And so, you know, people, people were just coming. Um, and so now to look back on it, I'm like, oh, like I, we knew these numbers were there and people were coming, but we were still you know, we had our little core group. And so we were still doing a really good job of, you know, just brunching on Sundays um, and just doing, doing community. Sure. So key. Yeah. And so once, you know, weekly services and stuff started, you know, we used to talk about like, oh, I miss just hanging out. Um, Cause we went from seeing each other all the time to kind of working side by side, but not seeing each other yep. at all. Yeah, once the services started, like it was just, it was just insane. Like that was mm-hmm. that was the thing with Hillsong, you know, the lines around the block, you know, from day one, and just constantly adding services. So at the time, like we were just really, you're just going off of this adrenaline, um, and you're just so so hyped, like ah, people are coming, and it's this this fun thing, and people want to be a part of it, and we're a part of building this. Um, so as it was growing, because there was never, like, there were issues right from the beginning. I mean, just from the way people were being treated, um, the way, you know, the guest seating thing was instituted pretty early and was out of control pretty early on. So it was like all these issues, all the signs were there, but we kept telling ourselves, like, oh, like, we just, it just grew too fast. Um, And so as soon as we can get a handle on this, well, then we can start dealing with some of this other stuff. But we never, we never got a handle on it. And then a lot of that other stuff just kind of started, you know, fading into the background. Like now it's just part of the culture and you don't even see it anymore. Mm. You know, by the time I left, you know, with guest guest seating, I'm like, oh, I'm one of the people on this list. Like I never, I never stand in line. Um, I don't, you know, this is not something I have to worry about. You know, and when I got to the point where I was like, oh, I have to have a conversation with myself because this is part of what's holding me here, honestly, like just my ego, like people know me here and I have a seat and I don't have to stand in line. And, you know, I've put in time here and I've been doing things. And do I really want to go somewhere else and be nobody like to not, you know, start over from scratch? Um, And so, you know, a lot of my time at Hillsong was kind of deconstructing through looking at other people and being like, okay, they're a monster. I'm not that bad, but I can see like these monstrous tendencies in me. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then also having to kind of balance, you know, trying to be very self-aware and self-reflective and be like, okay, I don't like that (laughs) 
I feel like I shouldn't have to stand in line. Like, and I don't want to. And honestly, I won't. And so I am coming through the back door and doing sure. these things. Okay, that's not that's not my favorite part of me. But is that the same kind of issue as me thinking more women should be on platform? You know, is this also an ego kind of thing? So mm. then having to, you know, go do my research and, you know, figure out what do I think about that? You know, women are always more than 50% of, of every church you know, doing, doing all this work, but, you know, and Hillsong claims to be this place that we champion women. We, we love women. Like we're not, Mm -hmm. you know, definitely not against women speakers and that kind of thing, but you know, 52 weeks in a year, maybe a woman speaks, maybe I'll overestimate, I'll go wild, say four times. Like, yeah, definitely mother's day. Um, when the color conference is in town, yeah, you're going to get some women speakers. <laughs> and then, yeah, just, just two random other times. Priscilla, sure. Shira will come Definitely through. not Christmas or Easter or any any big ones, though, right? <laughs> no, no. Um, and then, you know, Christine Kane will come through and, and say something. Right. So it's like you've got, you know, but that's it. So I'm like, ah, is it is it wild of me to think? I don't see why we couldn't just be 50-50. You mm-hmm. know, like that. that I think would be the most fair, you know, especially because this is a place where, you know, Carl Lenz is the headliner, but Carl's not actually here that often. So it's not like women aren't speaking because Carl is a pastor and he's up here every week. That's, that's not what's happening here. Like we have this steady rotation of lots of other people. So is it crazy for me to want to see more women? Is it crazy Mm. for me to see, want to see more people of color? You know, is that the same kind of crazy as me not wanting to stand in line? So, you know, I'm having to do my work. All right, which parts of these are just me wanting too much, you know, overstepping my bounds? And which, what, what about this is legitimate? Um, and having to be like, okay, what do I think God thinks about women? Mm-hmm. What do I think God thinks about, you know, people of color? Um, and like, you know, Chris Valentine, his book, fashion terrain actually you know helped me a lot i was like oh this is okay all right this this is giving me something to to go from you know to hold on to um so yeah eventually you know i put a put kind of a joke on twitter i think maybe a week or two ago but i was like oh if you if you're a black woman and you you know stop straightening your hair anytime between like 2011 to 2014 like you're evangelical now um and it's you know looking back now and kind of kind of seeing these things that at the time completely separate to my you know faith to anything to do with god but i'm like oh like no as i you know I'm like no i'm not gonna straighten my hair anymore and i'm gonna do you know this big chop mm-hmm. so it's like anything that was about me just becoming more authentically myself yeah. Now I look back, I'm like, oh, that was, that was part of the deconstruction. Like yeah. just, you know, casting off these, these traditions or other people's yeah. thoughts or what other people wanted, you know, to see in me. So yeah. it was a super, super gradual process. Yeah. And at the time I had no idea what it was leading to. Um, if I had known. Sure. If you did, you wouldn't have done it. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, no one's like, this might result in me, like, you know, becoming an atheist, burning in hell forever, you know, whatever. 
yeah, right. let's, fuck it, let's do it. No, everyone would be like, no. I'm out. Okay, no questions today. Let's get the straighteners out. Like, done, right? Right, right. Yeah. So, like, I had <laughs> no idea, which is so funny, you know, because then you get on this side of it and people are like, oh, well, then you were never saved. You were never serious about it. You just want to oh. sin. Like, all these things. And I'm like, you know what? There's yeah. somebody for everything. So, I'm sure there is somebody that out there. That person might exist. They might exist. Right. I, I, but I casually went to Bill- Hillsong Leadership College because I wasn't that fussed about Christianity. You're right. That was the, that was the option for me. Um, right. like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I put all this, my, put my entire life into this thing, you know, as a joke, like just, just to have yeah. a laugh. I just gotcha. wanted to, yeah, just to fool you guys. So yes, yeah, it was like, Oh, at the time I had no idea what was happening, but looking back now, I'm like, Oh mm. yeah. You were always going to end up here. Like yeah. this, it couldn't have gone any other way yeah Um, and I think because you know especially when you're raised in it and you do take it seriously and I and I'm like and I was trying to figure this out from a biblical standpoint you know I was doing the work am I wrong on this why is this bothering me so much you know and that's (laughs) you know too many questions um and wanting to legitimately know and then, you know, here I am. And I'm like, no, I think if if the God you have taught me to believe in is a God worth believing in, then I think these things would matter. Yeah. And they matter to me. I think they matter to God and they don't matter to you guys. So then I can't be here anymore. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that, you know, that was ultimately what took me out of Hillsong, just the issue really of equality. Like I'm, as a woman of color, I'm writing all the connect group studies you guys are using on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. I'm writing the sermons for one of these pastors, but I'll never, you guys literally see nothing more for me than just like staying in the background. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's fine for someone else. It's not fine for me and it shouldn't be fine for you. Like if I were a white man, I'd be in a completely yeah. different sphere here. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I think I just need to be in a completely different sphere altogether. So yeah, yeah, that was the end of that. Wow. It's, it's, I mean, you're describing what is true for so many people, you know, this is, there is a slow and slippery slope, uh, you know, and it isn't intentional that there's any goal of like, right, I need to figure out how I'm going to slowly get out of this situation five years. From now. No, it's, it is. Oh. I want to be the best Christian I can be. I want this. I want to be more involved in this place. I want to see more people equipped right. to serve God or, you know, all this kind of like I, we we're wanting this amazing thing that it kind of is because we believe what you're teaching to too strong a degree right it's like you said that jesus loved everyone so i'm thinking if jesus loved everyone maybe some black people might grab a mic occasionally maybe occasionally you know or maybe women wouldn't be treated as property effectively give or take right maybe they wouldn't just be the speech writers behind the 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 background you know like or whatever (laughs) or the smoking hot wives yeah yeah oh god the smoking hot wives right it's like we love women and we are all about women and they all have to be attached to a man just to be clear exactly. though, right? Yeah. It's like no single woman, certainly not beyond a certain age. At that point, you're like, oh, right. you are broken. Um, right. like, it, it, these, these things are so problematic, but it's because of um, 
kind of some of the tenets of Christianity, maybe not all of what Christianity presents itself to be, but certainly some of the core components of why we were Christian, you chase that and you pursue that, that's what starts pushing you out. And it's this thing of, you know, you recognize, I want to start celebrating who I am more. I want more autonomy. I want to, you know, go through that experience and see, I'm going to stop straightening my hair. I'm going to be more authentic as a black woman. I'm going to allow myself to be me. And yet there's a double pronged component to that of, as I'm continuing to recognize me as an individual, I'm going to work less and less in a very um, rigid environment. But there's also the component of this rigid environment is going to want less and less to do with people that are very individualistic, right? There's this double-sided problem of it, right? So it's not just that this change to my hairdo is representation of change internally where I'm learning to discover myself and chase my passions and pursuits. And I'm starting to go, hey, I'd like a mic occasionally. And actually I'd like to see more people that look like me um, or whatever, but it's also, it's a problem for those that are in power going, we don't want that on someone right. we do want if you're going to be black at least kind of look white right at least have the hair at least you know or maybe be passing i mean there's all these different components right and it's yeah. it's problematic and it's hard to talk about for different people apps i get this is not easy for a lot of people but it's there it's it's here and it is pushing me as i discover myself more it's pushing me out because me as an individual doesn't work in a, in a very rigid kind of conformist kind of environment, which is really what most conventional movements are. They, they need conformity. Right. Um, they want a celebrity, like the big hot shot at the top that everyone's looking at going, going, oh my God, teach me your ways and we'll do anything for you. But outside of that, we don't want any more of those people. Just, just one or two just would be one. good. Yeah. You know, um, it's so, it's so interesting. But, but I think it's so key what you're saying there. If like, this is a slow, gradual change. It isn't something that, you know, this is because you were passionate about this. You, you were all about Hillsong. You loved Hillsong. You wanted Hillsong to be the best thing it could be. Um, I'm intrigued, you know, Hillsong Sydney is such an international kind of um, community. And it's similar at Bethel, so international. I remember when I was there, there was about 2000, by the end of it, I think the church was about, 2000 people or was it it was about 1500 people and the school was about 2000 people right and then of the school i think like 500 people were international so you're talking about this huge bubble of people from all over the world and it always struck me when i was there i think by the last year there were maybe like five or six people that were black maybe Hmm. a couple people beyond that that were person of color or something like but generally speaking i was like kind of shocked having come from the uk where I had experience, I mean, I was from Scotland, which is a white ass place. Like I think we have 5% non-white in Scotland and we're very progressive. We actually like, we want immigration, we want change, but even still we are like white. And even I from Scotland was like, damn, this place is white. It's so white. (laughs) My roommate in the first year was the black guy. He was the only black guy in our entire year. And there was one other black woman and it was 750 people in that year. And I, and I just remember that striking me and I can't imagine how it would struck someone like my roommate, you know, I, I, I wasn't in the place where I could even overly conceptualize these thoughts or, and I certainly could have articulated it to him to kind of like have a conversation about this. I was probably way too lost in my own systemic racism and probably explicit racism as well at that time. Um, but I, I wonder, you know, you talk about um, on the stage, Hillsong, New York, there just isn't that representation. 
but certainly looking from afar, and I'm not that into Hillsong Sydney, but as a really international community as well, it still seems very, very white. Always has seemed very white. Like, what's going on there? What's the deal? Like, like, talk to me about that as someone that is black going to Hillsong, Sydney, being around so much diversity as far as where people originate from, um, mm-hmm. and yet maybe less so experiencing diversity uh, in, in skin color pigmentation around you going, huh, was it, was it very white, the school itself? Or is, is it just maybe the leadership that I'm seeing that I'm like, wow, this is really white. No, I mean, it's very, Australia's is very white. Um, and I can't even remember. I mean, it's something crazy, like until 1980, maybe we're like the Africans and like black people specifically were not, not even, you weren't even allowed to like visit Australia. So like, you wow. definitely could not, you know, migrate there um and so so i mean there's there's two sides to this conversation because on one there were not there were not a lot of definitely not black americans um and then this is where you kind of you know as an american uh, even as a black american like step out and be like oh okay like even the term african-american like you know people kind of just apply that across the board and i'm like no that's a very specific subset of people you know it stops working when you're talking about an aborigine in like you know native person oh there are you know black african-american they're not either of those maybe oh you're from london you're not an african-american like you're you're black oh okay so they're you know just the (laughs) diaspora you're like oh hang on you know there there are different ones of us so there are very few black americans you had a few black black britons um, and then you had um, a few Africans. Um, so there was, you know, there was a girl who, uh, she DM'd me on Instagram. She's like, oh, I don't know if you remember me. Like, we were at college at the same time. And I was like, I don't know, like, if we ever met, but, like, I definitely know who you are. Like, we just had a very right. clear sense of <laughs> the others. Um, yeah. So there weren't many of us. But then also, if we're coming to Hillsong, we are probably from a very specific kind of subset set of culture anyway mm. um and then like as a black american like i grew up in the suburb you know riverside like so i i think black people in general were used to being one of the few um yeah. were much better at being you know the outsider in the culture like i'd be much more comfortable and just more used to like me you know in a group of 20 white people i'm like okay that's pretty usual like then probably you would be in a group of 20 black people. Like right. we're just we're just very used to moving in cultures that are not our own and kind of like being one of the only. Um, which can also play on, you know, our sense of exceptionalism. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm black and there aren't many black people here. And that's kind of special because I'm I'm different. Mm. Like I'm not I'm black, but I'm not like black, black. Um, and so, you know, there are things, work I had to do, you know, even just realizing, you know, when I, I talk a lot about just white supremacy, um, and when I'm kind of coming at people, I'm like, I'm not coming at you from the perspective of, oh, I think you think this because I think I know you. No, I know you think this because I think it too. Like, it's not, I have white supremacist thoughts. I'm black and I, you know, would think certain things about black people or be wary of whatever. And then I have to be like, hang on, why do I think that? And then just kind of realizing that it's just the culture that we're, we're, we're steeped in. 
So, you know, initially being in Australia and being one of the only, like, it was like a special thing. And it's like, yeah, like we're the exceptions. Um, we're, we're different. But then at the same time, kind of getting, you know, offended because, you know, like I said, they didn't have Black people, you know, until very recently. So then when people would ask me, oh, like, where are you from? And I, oh, I'm from, you know, California, the United States. No, no, before that, you know, they did not have like a conception of like multi-generational Black people being in the United States. Like, mm. you, you know, that's when you find out, oh, the default for American is white. And the rest of us have to explain, you know, no, where are you really from? Like, where, and I'm like, that's that's all I know. Like, I don't, you want to go back six, seven, 10 generations? Like, I don't know. Like, right. No, I'm I'm American. Like I'm just American, um, and so then having to be like, oh, oh, we kind of don't belong anywhere um, <laughs> to Australians in general. Like they have no concept of, like I said, multi generational. You know, our stake in this country, um, and then also, you know, being in their spaces, I'm like they just don't they just don't see it for us. And a lot of Christianity, you know, life has changed and the world has changed so much, I'd say in the past 10 years, as far as like race and kind of awareness and all of that, especially back then, I'm like, oh, if you think about it, a lot of them have only really ever seen people of color in a missional kind of view, you know, yeah. oh, we're going to Africa and we're, you know, helping these people. Or if we do know of black people, you know, we're seeing them on TV and they're in gangs and they've got, you know, these drug problems and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think they're they're looking at you as kind of like, oh, like, you know, bless their heart. They're trying to get out of that, you know, scrappy sure. underworld. Um, but also, and, you know, I don't know that they would even kind of know that this is what they were thinking, but they're probably all like they they probably got a few generations before they can like get to the place where we are as far as speaking wow. and, you know, doing things like we're still, we're still teaching them, you know, it's just kind of that view of almost like they're still savages, you know, wow. in a sense, you know, when I was growing up and going to his little private school and, you know, we had, it was kind of like this homeschool curriculum. Cause I mean, the school I went to was just crazy. And it was like this kind of self-directed whatever, but I remember like in one of the books, um, it's like the social studies, but like kind of talking about how, oh yeah, like slavery was bad, but you know, the Africans that were brought over got to know Jesus. So, you know, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. So I think it's that kind of sense of just seeing people of color as, oh, like we're helping them. So we're still teaching them. They're still learning. Um, so it's great that they're here. It's cute, but they're not, you know, it's almost like, almost right. like they're pets. We're, they're, they're our pets, sort of. Um, so you could be super, super, super extraordinary, you know, and maybe make it. But for the most part, like you guys are still, you're still, you're still behind. Yeah. Um, and we're still trying to, you know, kind of bring you along. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, on our end, a lot of us, had a lot of work to do, a lot of unlearning to do just about, you know, our place in society. And the fact, oh, I'm not exceptional. I am extremely average. 
like yeah black people are you know if i'm fascinating if i'm artistic i'm average we're all like this <laughs> i'm like black people we're hilarious we are just we're just fun and just innovative and just full of ideas and and artistry and all of these things yeah i am extremely average and kind of realizing that and be like oh okay mm. yeah i have bought into a lot of this and if yeah. i bought into it as a black person i understand i understand why we are where we are in so yeah. many ways um and so now you know <laughs> you know my current feuds at the moment you know and i'm still trying to figure out how i feel about it kind of on a day-to-day basis but I'm, I'm going hard against like sam collier from hillsong atlanta um and then you know krishan j Rotten, who they're about to send here to take over hillsong new york right. and i'm like oh and there's these two men of color and i'm this woman of color you know just mocking them <laughs> Almost on a daily basis, not quite, but you know, we're I've seen some there. of your Instagram stories. Uh, so yeah, and I, do you know what? I am left with a um, a gnaw in me of here's someone that is um, a black person pointing out a black person that has been co-opted by white supremacy, has become a, a vehicle and a mechanism for that, and. I'm so intrigued by that dynamic because I know as a white person, it's not my place to even talk about that. That's just not my place. And so I'm very thankful that there are people out there that are are giving voice to that, that can speak to that. Um, but it is it, it, it creates a lot of conflict to me. Just watching that dynamic go down, I have to thank you because you're teaching me and you're exposing stuff in me where I'm like, oh, she totally called out that black person for not being a, a a good enough black person or you know and i'm like gosh what am, what is my narrative of what a black person should be or what they should say or what they should believe in who am i to somehow judge a, a black person for being completely swallowed up in white supremacy like what you're talking about there and you're talking about this thing of like okay so we're seeing and of course this is subconscious and if people are watching this or listening to this and thinking well i don't think of black people like savage of course most people right. 99% of people aren't thinking ex- explicitly in their, their conscious mind that. But subconsciously, there's a component there if we're thinking of a Black person as lesser than, and therefore right. the narrative is, if there is a Black person that, that works in this environment and is just as good as me on some level, well, they must be exceptional. Right. It must be really hard to be that Black person and not start to go, fuck yeah, I'm exceptional, right? That Absolutely. Who am I to judge someone that grows up in that environment, is constantly fed that way, it's so intriguing to me because I, I, I can, on some level, step into the, the, the shoes of a black person and go, God damn, that must be so frustrating. And as a white person, it's frustrating. But the issue on the table as a white person is not that a black person has fallen into this dynamic. The issue for me as a white person is there is a dynamic here that is preying on even that black person. Right. And that, right. And, and so I, I just, I guess I said, thank you. Cause like, it's, it's causing me to like take steps out of myself and look and it's, it's fascinating, but you know, do you think that is a very intentional thing on Hillsong's part? Are they reading the room? Are they going, Oh gosh, you know, black lives matter everywhere, all these different things. We better like try and be relevant. Let's not throw in another hip, you know, guy with his big corn rim glasses and you know, whatever. And um, like, let's try and, 
do something different. Let's try and find a black person. Let's, you know, I'm not going to find a gay person at Hillsong, are we? But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> how can we be as relevant as possible without not crossing too many lines? Um, right. It, it's, mean, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as Atlanta, I think they knew, I think they knew they would get pushback um, if you're trying to go to this historically black right. area um, with a white pastor but also realize they're only going there because it is gentrifying so like mm. the the demographics the dynamics are changing otherwise they wouldn't be there in the first place um, and then you know as much as they talk about you know culture can't be taught it has to be caught and whatever there are plenty of black people who have gone through Hillsong who were part of Hillsong New York who've been to Hillsong College like all of these things Sam Collier is not one of those people so it's like you guys very specifically handpicked this man at this time for reasons um and you know when he was first announced and I I've actually tried not to know too much about him I'm like I don't (laughs) I want to keep it very very surfacey so I'm not I'm not researching you I'm not you know I'm not I don't want to know anything personally about you because I don't want to like accidentally infuse anything that would be like malicious or you know Mm, be mean so I'm like I don't want to know too much about you I just want to deal with you on a surface surface kind of level so just surface level you know I'm like oh like I know I know who this guy is so he is you know somebody traveling working in this world you are the exceptional black and at this point you you still buy into that and you like it um and so you know i i know who you are sam i've been you i get it um but it's dangerous now because like the world time has changed so much mm-hmm. um and like hillsong is like currently on fire so like, i don't even understand people who are like trying to sign up to this like right now Um, and I don't understand like how you justify why why do we need why do you need a hill song in Atlanta like if you just want to plant a church in Atlanta just do it like (laughs) this is this is a problematic place this is a problematic structure we don't we don't need to do this Um, Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's good to you in some ways so you're gonna go for it Uh, and that's that's fine but you are like just be very clear what you are and what you are being used as and so you are being used as this shell so Hillsong can put up this shield and say hey look we are diverse and we do you know have a black pastor and it's like it's not about it's not about skin color at this point like it's about it's about thought like don't don't tell me you have a black pastor do you have a decolonized pastor like mm. you know and so with sam and, and i mean he unfortunately makes it really easy because he's just really bad and making these statements and just speaking out about these i'm like this is this is terrible like and i didn't have to work hard to like break this down like this right. is just bad and yeah. for the level of just the stage that you're on at this point like it it's infuriating, but also just kind of funny, like just kind of what a bad job Hillsong does. Um, and kind of covering who they are and covering what they're looking for. And then also just like, you know, it's not, Hillsong is, 
this song is dumb. Like it's just, and it, it, it takes dumb people and gives them great platforms. Like you don't have to, you don't have to know a lot about the Bible. You don't have to know a lot about anything really, except Hillsong theology and Hillsong, you know, mm. kind of leadership. So like with Sam, I'm like, you're not, if Hillsong wanted, you know, a black person who's going to be, you know, a thought leader and really pushing any kind of change. There are lots of those people out there and you sure. did not, you did oh, not yeah. choose, you know, any of them. You chose this guy who has a few sound bites and can kind of sound like maybe is he progressive for Hillsong? Maybe. Is he progressive? No. No. You know, so mm. that's him. Um, and then with like Krishan, you know, Krishan I actually feel bad for because I'm like, I don't think, you know, <laughs> Hillsong, you are being sent. Like, I don't think you and I haven't even heard them try to spin the story as if he woke up one day with like New York on his heart. I'm like, no, Brian was looking around. I was like, who can I send? You're going to go. Because I'm like, what, what brown man in the year 2021 with four, you know, daughters wants to move to this, this nation? <laughs> like, right. You want to move here at this time yeah. when like black people are being targeted and you look, I mean, you look black. Right. You are definitely of Asian, you know, East Asian descent. That's not going well. Women are not treated great here. You're going to bring your daughters here. I'm like, this is not, this is 100% not your choice. Um, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I think people want to make it about personalities and why are you being mean to them? You know, they, right. they're not doing anything. Yeah. I'm like, it's not, it's really not personal. And I'm not yeah. saying anything to either one of them that I wouldn't be saying to a white man a white like anybody else in their position i'm like i am yeah you are a you're hillsong's human shield so it's gonna have to go through you first but i'm like no i'm i'm coming at the system and yeah. you guys just happen to be the people standing in for the system right now it's, it's so hard at that stage of um the way that you frame life at that point in your life of like the system and me are so intricately woven. That's why deconstruction is such a fucking yeah. nightmare, right? Because when I deconstruct my faith, I deconstruct me. Me gets deconstructed. But in the right. same way, when I'm not deconstructed, when I'm fully in and I'm fully all about this, when someone comes at like uh, racism, when someone comes at uh, sexism, when someone comes at you know systemic abuse, they are attacking me, it feels like. Because these are parts that have interwoven and become who I am. I might, I wouldn't call them that, and I wouldn't say that they're abusive or whatever. But they're, they're it, it feels like a personal attack, and I, I kind of get that um, component. But as someone that does the same thing, I'm constantly calling out systems and ideologies, and people go, "Why are you so mean to churches? Why are you so mean to people? Do you hate pastors? Do you hate these?" And I'm like. I don't really hate anyone. I really hate some really destructive ideas and theologies and ideologies. And I'm trying to deal with that. And a lot of people are so interwoven in that, that they might right. take it very personally. Um, right. But yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? I mean, like I was saying to my wife, I say pretty much give or take every day. Why the hell do we not live in California? Um, because I, I miss California every day, um, mostly for the weather, if I'm honest. There's very few other parts, if I'm honest, yeah. but I do miss the weather. I miss stability and weather. Um, but 
you know, she's like, well, you know, one day maybe we could move. And I'm like, we will never, ever go to America until it gets its <laughs> shit together. And 70% of my audience is American and, and they're nodding mostly, yeah. right? Like, I, I'm like, dude, there is no way. And I'm a white guy. I am like, I, I tick all the boxes on privilege. Like if you could find privilege boxes, I tick them all. Maybe apart from wealth. I'm really not doing so great on that one, but give me time. Give me time. I'll be a billionaire before I know it. Um, but... I tick all the privileged boxes and I'm like, dude, there is no way I am going into that country for any extended periods of time. Just no. I want to have healthcare. I don't want right. to be terrified of cops because even as a white guy, I'm still not sure I'm not going to get shot. Like that's not an right. option on the table in the UK. You don't get shot by cops. It just doesn't really happen. That's um, wild. Can't like, even imagine. I know it's crazy. We can enforce things like um, someone speeding without guns. That sometimes imagine figure it out it's it happens you know i mean that's bad shouldn't speed don't do that don't drink drive but we somehow just get that message across without 17 bullets to the face you know or whatever like the mechanism behind american traffic copping is um no so uh, you know so you you see something and i hadn't even thought of it like that but you mentioned like why would someone of color with four daughters of color go Let's move to America right now. Right I've been now. watching the news on and off, and all I'm seeing is positive ideas of why I should move to America. Like, I haven't seen any good reasons in the last year for why it would be a good idea to live in America at all. Like, right. None. Right. Apart from so maybe the like... weather forecast. Maybe, <laughs> depending on where you live. But not New York, yeah. Not New not... York. No, I'm not moving to New York ever, Jenny. Never. I will never meet <laughs> New York ever. I'll come in for a week at a time selectively at certain times of the year (laughs) so yeah so it's i mean and then i mean it's tricky because there are so many conversations to be had within conversations and then it gets you know to the place where i'm like it's i mean on both both ends him coming here from sydney you know sam and atlanta all all of it is just this colonization so then like we have to deal with just the the problematic structure of just mega churches anyway. It's like, who are you to just move into a community and think you can tell them, you know, what they need and what, what to do? Yeah. I'm like, if you are truly about Atlanta, you truly want to help Atlanta, Hillsong, just, just put that money somewhere else. Just give it to a church that's already there. Yeah. It's like, why do you have to come in and be here now? Like you don't you don't care about this place. You don't, because you didn't raise up anybody here, you know, to lead it. Um, You just found somebody and you're like, okay, now we're going to find a building and we're just going to put you there and, you know, you're going to do that. You know, for Kishan coming to New York, I'm like, you know, forget about, like you said, everything we've already mentioned just about America in general. You are going to come to like one of the harshest places and one of the most concentrated places in america you're gonna come here and tell you're gonna tell me what i need or like what god wants to do for Mm. me you don't even go here like what are we doing and just the insensitivity that shows you know you guys have already been through a lot because we this is not a new church we we put we put somebody else there before that was a disaster you know and now hillsong's language around it is you know restore um, rebuild is another R, but it's not, it's not repent. It's not repair. You know, it's not reparation. You're not doing anything. Like you are literally sending someone who is from, you know, maybe the same like Hillsong college class as Carl Lentz, you right. know, you are sending him 
with the same ideologies, it's the same, same theologies. Yeah. yeah. Redo, maybe. A redo. <laughs> 10 years later, like in this city, like you have learned nothing mm. because he's coming here. He does not know this culture. He does not know these people, yeah. you know, not as, not as an American, not as a New Yorker, which is a completely different thing. I mean, it can get as specific right. as, you know, which borough do you live in? Right. I mean, New York, people can be very, this is who, I'm, who I am, where I'm from. What do you mean you're from Queens or whatever? Right? Get out of here. Like, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, hi, I'm from Sydney. <laughs> like, how are you? <laughs> i've got what you guys need because you guys can't get it together so we're gonna come in from way over here and help you out how is that not missional colonization it is is. like you know you talk about what atlanta's doing like with a a new mega church just dumping it in i mean atlanta good god do they need more churches really is there not enough churches in atlanta fuck but like it's it's like Walmart, right? You come in and you go, right? Oh, we love this community. Like at least Walmart is honest. We're capitalists. We want to make a shit ton of money. We're going to shut down every company that is in this area for twenty miles by providing you with everything, undercutting everything. It's going to be a brilliant. And you know what? Walmart's great. I can go there and get anything I want and get it cheap. Great, done. And right. I've got everything. And sorry. Every person in this area that had a business, you're all shutting down and having nothing. That's basically what these mega churches do on some level. Like they're not saving people. They're not getting people out of, you know, satanic cults and they're not saving Muslims into Christianity or atheists coming back into their Christian tradition roots or none of that's happening. What happens is people from other churches move and these churches shut down. And so if it was really about this area, if it was really about these people, we could, we could, you know, you could genuinely just give a crap ton of money because Hillsong's got it to these local communities and go, gosh, what are some amazing churches in this area that are making a difference, but they don't have the resources of, um, uh, what do we got? Passion or some other huge church in Atlanta. You know, we could support some of these smaller churches, make a big difference. But ultimately, they are Walmart. They do have yeah. that same drive of like, oh, here's a city that's not been exploited with this brand. And we can shut down basically most other churches in this area as they all flee to our big mega church. And boom, we right. make a few more million a year. That's yeah. kind of, uh, again, these are kind of maybe subconscious things. I don't know how much. I don't want to wish any evil on anyone. I don't want to presume evil. I think a lot of this is sub- subconscious stuff. Yeah. It gets into you as a system, but I think it's, it's there. That's, that's part of what this is. It's like, we need another plant. Not so we can save Atlanta. Atlanta's got more Christians than most cities on earth. What we need is we need a bigger church in that area with, with money funneling towards us and our movement. Really? Right. That's what it's about. That's um, what it is. And we can't see it. You know, I, I, I genuinely think most people involved, most people that are passionate about that, that are going to be involved with that plant, they're not going to see it as that. They are going to buy the, we're going to save people. We're going to change Atlanta. We're going to have a revival and save the city. <laughs> and I don't know, we'll swing the city back to red or I don't know. Like, who knows yeah, what the goal but yeah, is there, what are right? You, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. This is not um, This is not the amazing movement of Stacey Abrams, right? This is a very different movement. Um, very, yeah. 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 So, like, from my, you know, with, with Sam, I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, oh, like, I... I feel bad for you because I know what it is to now on this side. Like, I still feel bad and I still struggle with and I'm probably doing penance in a lot of ways for just my own complicity like I sure. was part of this system I 
And I have to deal with that. Like I was part of this thing that hurt people and I was a proponent of it. And I, you know, I helped build this. I, I was part of doing this. And now, you know, and I mean, I was, you know, pretty low level. I was not the pastor and nobody, nobody ever said to me some of the things that I've said to Sam be like, man, you are going to regret this. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, everyone has their own opinion. Um, and, you know, we play devil's advocate a lot and we did that a lot, you know, with Hillsong. Okay. I had a horrific experience, but that's my experience. And maybe other people did have a good time and whatever. And so now I'm like, well, no, do people have good experiences? Yes, because we find ways to, and we, you know, like I said, I have some of my best friendships and I had, you know, good times, <laughs> but it was like with the people in my circle, it wasn't coming from the leaders. It wasn't, you know, we had a good time because we found ways to have good times and bad times. I'm like, that's just a human tendency. Like we can make the best of bad situations. Absolutely. Um, but then Hillsong wants you to focus on the best and forget that it was a bad situation. Like this is a bad situation. Will people have good times at the services? Yes. Will people make friends? Yes. But could they have done those things without Hillsong? Yes. And sure. does the, you know, does the ends justify the means? And this now I'm like, no, because it doesn't have to happen. Like we don't, people sure. don't have to keep being hurt for a few people to be helped and especially when the few that are being helped are generally the people at the top they are being mm -hmm. helped significantly financially you guys are having a great time and everybody else is paying for it yeah. like and we don't we don't have to do that anymore and sam you know for you you know and again you, you don't know me <laughs> you can be like ah she's you know whoever but i'm telling you this and I know other people are telling you this, you know, that this is going to hurt people and that is going to eventually weigh heavy on you. Like you're going to have to grapple with the fact that this is just an abusive system. Yeah. Um, and maybe you didn't know that going in, but it's like, I don't know how you can look at everything that's happening and not have some kind of pause and be sure, like, Sure, there's oh, some big red flags right now that weren't maybe as evident earlier right yeah like, ago, uh, like not even a year ago ones. right you know i mean people there were rumblings but people were very you know and people are still very mostly silent True. um you know as long as it takes to get out of hillsong it takes longer you know to get hillsong out of you um yeah. and you know it's you know it's the same way with like deconstruction none of us ever intended to but also coming out of hillsong it's like no one we don't really come out guns blazing. Like most people just leave quietly. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, that happened to me, but other people still seem to like it. Like I'll, sure. I'll let it be. Um, so most people, most stories still haven't been told. Yeah. So, you know, the rumblings that are happening now and like the fact that, you know, that campus has been shut down and this pastor has been dismissed. And we've got a lot of other people who are just in this nebulous kind of state. They're suspended, but we don't know why just a lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of red flags. And to see that, and then to see people, you know, on Instagram and on Twitter to be being like, Hey, Hey man, Hey, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe. And to just, you know, disregard that and be like, no, I, you know, Brian Houston said whatever. And right. I'm going to go with that. 
okay, like I can't stop yeah. you, but it's going to hurt, man. It feels it's like in my experience, and this might be just my experience, but it feels like people can't see until they see, you know, generally speaking, yeah. I know for me, I just couldn't see. And then one day I was like, holy shit, what's happening here? That is not okay. Um, and that even was maybe a gradual waking up with lots of smaller moments of like, oh, that's not right. And I didn't see that before, but I can go into the midst of somewhere like Hillsong. I could pick Hillsong, New York, go right in there, even in the midst of all they've been through and sit down with someone and say, look, let me talk to you about how problematic some of this theology is. And let me try and help you find a different, not even outside of Christianity. Let me just try and explore how you could maybe move into something that's maybe a slightly more healthy branch of Christianity and literally one ear out the other. Like with nine out of 10 of those people, maybe some people would be like, oh, I've been thinking about this in the last year. This is really helpful. Thank you. But and I'm being really generous saying maybe one out of 10 because I don't think it would be that at all. And, and so, you know, and, and let's be honest, if you're picking who's going to lead this, I guarantee they're not one of those one out of 10, right? I guarantee right. Sam's Absolutely. not getting a tweet from you going, oh, I have been thinking actually. No, he's going, oh, no, that's just, oh, yeah, thank, yeah well, don't, you know, whatever. Like just, it doesn't hit. And, and it does, it makes me wonder if, do you think something like Hillsong can be, um, saved <laughs> christian word can, can it can it be redeemed can it can it become something uh of you know and, and different people have different views on, on religion as a whole but I, I do think there are um forms of religion uh whilst i'm not particularly religious i think there are forms of religion that even if they're not true or correct they can be very helpful for people and where they're at and they don't have to be destructive inherently i think everything comes with a bit of destructive and a bit of goods, you know, like right. that's just life. But I, I feel like there's a type of Christianity that people can engage with that helps them, it develops them, it helps them grow, it helps them find meaning in the world, helps them deal with pain and suffering and whatever else that doesn't have to result in sex scandals and inequality and racism and sex. You know, that doesn't need to be here. Do, do you look at something as big as Hillsong and think that's possible? You know, when you're sending these tweets, do you think maybe we can, if we all get together, if there's enough of a voice, if there's enough people wake up, you know, can Hillsong change? Or do you think something as big as Hillsong is just it's impossible, right? Can, can Walmart become the good guy? You know, I mean, we're, we're like, no, no, nothing about the Walmart empire is going to be a good thing ever. Um, right. Um, yo, so with Hillsong, I'm like, no, I don't think it can be saved because um, I don't think it wants to be. Mm. Um, it's, it's not, I think we get to, and maybe that's just Christianity in general. Like it's been so personal everything you know personal salvation everything is so it's about me it's about my my experience it's about my relationship with god and so then we think we have it's it's really disempowering in a way but then it also makes us think we have more power than we do and we're always like putting that towards systems so yeah mm. like i don't know i don't know anybody you know who is at hillsong currently i'm sure there are people there's nobody that i know like in my friend circle people that I still talk to nobody is saying oh Hillsong Hillsong's fine Hillsong's great mm. like it's great and I don't know what you're talking about people are like ah uh, like stop making fun of it because they're doing their best and we're we're trying to change it we're trying to change right. it we're going to change it and so there's this idea and Hillsong continues because Hillsong is honestly full of really good people some of the best people that I know 
but yeah. they're all at the bottom and they're all mm. like trying to change this behemoth like you're trying to it's like you know shoveling the coal in the bottom of the ship and trying to turn it like you can't you don't even have that function right you guys are going to keep feeding this beast you're going to keep powering it but it's going to keep going where it's going like you can't do anything from the from the from the bowels of the ship so right. there are wonderful people in the bowels of the ship yeah but the people who are steering it they don't want to go in a different direction yeah. and so and you know when you're down there you can't really see where it's going so if they're up there and they're telling you we heard we're you guys <laughs> we're changing yeah. Um, and we've, you know, we've adjusted course and you're just taking their word for it. Right. Like of course, don't... because you would. These are good leaders. They're, they're you know, trustworthy. They're, they're doing their best. They want the best for us. Like, of course, you're going to assume they're, they're telling you what they, and maybe even those leaders actually believe it themselves as well. Right. They actually, they, they can't see to what degree that change needs to happen. They can't get to the point of making reparations. They can't get to the point of those things, right. but they do go, okay, we fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's very hard for us to not acknowledge that, but we'll make that change by just moving that person to the sides and replacing them with someone that looks similar. Yeah, see, change is better. Better, everyone. Look at that. It's better. Just like new you. model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and they probably, I, I'm, I, I, I know it's kind of, it's silly almost. It, it's so farcical, but actually I think when you're in that world and you, you are just lost in that system, I think you really do think, gosh, we did it. We, we nailed it. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so tough. Do you think, so here's a question for you that I always think about, right? What if Carl Lentz hadn't like gone and done a whole bunch of stupid shit? What if he deconstructed? You know, like my, my question is like, so you can't change it from the bottom. We know that. And no one from the bottom, like Brian Houston's not going, let's plan a church and, or let's have someone take over from Carl in New York. Oh, I know right. you down the bottom. Hey, Jenny, do you want to take over? Go on, you take over. It'd be great. You've got some new ideas. You've been asking some great questions over the years. We'd love to see them in charge, right? That's not going to happen. But right. what happens if Brian Houston deconstructs? What happens if, <laughs> you know, whoever, right? You know, do you think do you think that systems are actually even bigger than their leaders at times? Because sometimes I wonder, even if Brian deconstructed, would the whole system rebel and he'd be out anyway? Which is kind of a crazy thing to think of in a sense, right? Well, I mean, it gets possible? to the point, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because deconstruction, I feel like it, I mean, it's funny that the deconstruction space right now is, it's so white um, as well. It's so white. And I don't think, like, it's not, it's not the whole space. I think it's just the people who are speaking. Yeah. Um, and in some ways I'm like, well, it kind of has to be, because I mean, that's, we're just seeing like the evolution of, of, of church, right? So, it, sure. you know, yeah. these spaces we came out of were very white. So, yes, of course, yeah. this this would be very white. Um, but I think, you know, people of color, queer people, women, um, I feel like anybody who had something about them that already kind of put them at odds with the church, you know, it just it's just that much easier. And it like it just kind of is a little yeah. more likely to happen. But I'm like, the more you are the standard, like I'm always very surprised you know, yeah, with white men who not just deconstruct, but decolonize, because that's a whole, you know, other process. You know, it's easy, you know, a lot of white people can walk away and, you know, whatever. Um, but I have not seen or seen very few, have I seen any, no, really like 
wealthy white men right um or you know powerful kind of at the top of their game you know whatever like i like i think about brian houston now and i'm like i don't even know i don't know what he actually believes because i don't know that you could actually believe in this god and kind of justice and the things that you're kind of counting on other people believing in and have a system like this and Mm. behave the way that you do because these things are happening and things are falling apart and like, look at Brian's reactions. Like, he's not apologetic. He's not repenting. It's like, terrifying. Like, like it's, it's, it's really weird. It's deny, deny, deny until you have to kind of admit something went wrong, but then never be clear about what went wrong. And, you know, so it's, so I'm like, can Brian Houston deconstruct? I'm like, I don't think he can, because I don't mm. even know that he really believes anything at this point. Right. Um, as far as like Carl or even some of the other pastors in the Hillsong system, I feel like it would be, it's not impossible, but I think it would be very difficult because I think the Hillsong system is, is kind of a trap um, for even mm. the leaders because you look at Carl, you look at you know Josh Kimes, um, a lot, just a lot of these pastors, the only, you know, schooling they had was Hillsong College. Um, And that's not to say anything about people who don't have degrees, like you don't have to have a degree, but like this, this is the only schooling you had. You went straight from that into working in churches. You got hired by Hillsong. Like, I don't know how much you're making, but I know you're making more than you probably should be and more than you would be making at a regular job and more, definitely more than you're making for like the level of work that you do. Cause like, you know, Josh Kimes, you can afford to buy a house in New Jersey and I'm writing your sermons for you. So you're not even doing <laughs> your work, but you're getting paid a lot. So I feel like a lot of these guys get trapped in. Like, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. You guys are probably, I would hope you are deconstructing in a sense, because I would hope you are serious about your faith yeah. and you are looking at things and you do have questions, but you probably can't afford to have questions because what are you going to do? You're yeah. really going to leave this lifestyle and what, yeah. go get a job? You're going to yeah. get a job? Do you think Starbucks is going to pay the same? <laughs> right. 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 Like you, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like a bad marriage in some sort. You've got used to this level of life. Yeah. You know, this, <laughs> you're used to, you know, the, the lifestyle to which you've become accustomed and it would cost you so much more yeah. financially you know, job wise, yeah. your circle friends, like all these things that a lot of us thankfully finances were not really involved in this like if anything it saved me money because now I don't have to tithe to you you know anymore this wasn't my job like it was my whole life in some ways but like so many key things weren't tied to it but when you've got these people and I mean like your job is tied to this this is your financial security these are the only people you know this is your entire job history like you are really in this, like this gilded cage and you're going to leave that. Yeah. Like I think it's, it's, it's built into the structure yeah. to kind of keep people here. Yeah. So could, is it possible wow. that they could be deconstructing? Sure. But it would take just such a strength of conviction and character to like act on that and to leave yeah. that. And unfortunately character is not you know yeah 
a huge <laughs> asset, you know, in Hillsong leadership. Yeah. Like you're not. It's, so it's, it's not, possible. It's not day but, one of Hillsong Leadership College. Uh, right. Seminar. Yeah. No, I, I, I talk to a lot of people on Instagram. So I do it day in, day out. And a lot of them are pastors. And so, you know, the, the data is there. Like you say, like if you go to seminary, if you're in leadership, the more involved you are, the more likely you're going to deconstruct. And so, of course, you'd start to think, hmm, bet pastors start deconstructing pretty quickly a lot of the time. And they do. Like you talk to these pastors. But the thing is, they're like 20 years in and right. they have mortgages and their kids and you know, you've got college funds and they've got retirements to fund and they've got to pay the bills and feed themselves and they've got themselves in situations. Their mortgage is not for like a one bed apartment in Iowa, you know, it's right. for like, you know, a big house and, you know, somewhere like San Diego or something. And they're like, shit, that, that's hard to pay for, right? I need this bizarre, weird job where even if they're very qualified, right? Some of them have been to Bible seminaries and, you know, and things like that. Even then that's not the most transferable skill, right? right? You know, you're not generally speaking going into work as a mid-level manager at, at any company and saying, Hey, I went to Hillsong leadership college. Even with that name, they're still being like, oh, let's Google that quickly. Right. They're not, they're not, yeah, no, oh, no, you no, have no, an no, MBA. Don't... <laughs> right? don't Google it. Don't Google it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, no, 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 just take my words. I, leadership. <laughs> Four years, four years, kind of, it's, it's like a degree, right? Definitely a degree. Four years is a degree and leadership. You know, no, what? put your phone down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, so you get so trapped, like I've seen so many outcomes, but generally speaking, the outcome I see is um, if they are courageous and, and, and it is a big if, but I've seen them and I've talked to them and I, I know them and I've visited them. Some people, if their church is, tight enough if it's you know like what you're talking about in the early days is so, this small small camaraderie and there's not this uh you know distancing and, and hierarchy kind of vibe to it i've seen people turn their whole church around and lose some people but actually keep some form of community and and, and camaraderie and and evolving faith together i've seen that happen and it's probably like 0.5 percent like it's tiny the rest of the people that are brave enough to start coming out very quickly find themselves out on their ass like done right. just gone and and realistically their options are really limited in work and so what most people do is they just don't say anything they either stick it out i've talked to so many pastors that are like ah, i've only got like 12 more years till i can retire i'm just gonna do it and i'm like only 12 years i'm like weeping for them i'm like i yeah. just i would want to kill myself i mean god I, it's just so much to do to carry that weight just in general, never mind them being the person that everyone's looking to. I'm coming up with a sermon every week when I don't believe it. Oh my right. gosh, that must be exhausting. And then the other type is the person that's going, I'm not going to say anything, but I am going to try and figure out how do I start to slowly build up a business on the side? How do I start to figure out an, 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 a graceful out? But but you're right. Like I, I don't think the system, it, it, it doesn't allow for people to, to transition out. It just doesn't. Um, no. it, it's, it's, it's a huge problem for, for so many of us. I, I want to, I, I know we're running out of time. We've, we're plowing through time. We, you called it. We were going to chat. Um, but you mentioned something that's really interesting to me. And I talk about this often, um, but usually it's with random white people. Cause that's who my show is. It's like me talking to people that are deconstructing or people that are experts in deconstruction. I, I love both those components. But nine times out of 10, like, you know, I frequently have an appeal. You know, I've got tons of followers online and I'm like, hey, who is a, a black person, indigenous person, person of color that's deconstructing their faith? That's like going through these kind of evolving faiths. Can you recommend people for the podcast? 
And literally, even when I explicitly say, hi, looking for BIPOC, like literally that is my thing I'm looking for. I still like 50% of the people that recommend are still white. And I'm like, Jesus. And when you don't suggest that, it's like 99.9%. And, and there is an incredible component, but I love talking to people that are person of color about like deconstruction, their journey. But one thing that I found it so interesting is almost everyone I have spoke to um, comes from a white church, white backgrounds, white evangelical kind of uh, thing. It's not that they've deconstructed from a black kind of uh, historical mainline kind of church, generally speaking. I think there's, there's parts of that. I've got my own guesses as to why that is. I think a lot of the, the black church community had to deconstruct a lot of shit before anything even got off the ground, right? Given how the black church came about and where it came from and yeah. that whole component, there's a whole bunch of different stuff there where there's less to deconstruct, right? Liberation theology has a lot less to deconstruct than white American evangelicalism. I don't think anyone's debating that. Um, but, but what do you, what do you think is going on with some of these dynamics of, um, is, is deconstruction just largely a, a white movement for people within the white church? Is, is that what it is? Is that why we see such a disparity of, of, because generally speaking, the church is not a white phenomenon. The black representation, even indigenous representation, um, is, is hugely Christian still in America. Um, and so, um, it's it's really surreal and quite interesting to me this dynamic, you know, of how hard it is for me to find some people of color to have on my show. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a white guy, so it's already hard. I'm a white guy <laughs> having a podcast, so I really need to like level the playing fields here. Having more white guys is not helpful for me, like trying to create some like diverse kind of opinions and, and perspectives. But yeah, what do you think is going on in, in the deconstruction space when it comes to, from a perspective of, of a person of color? I think a couple of things. Um, number one, I think it's probably just the language. Um, Cause I'm trying to remember like when I even first like heard the term deconstruction. Like, I mean, sure. it was something I was, I was going through um, and I just didn't have word for it. So I'm like, oh, this is just, <laughs> I'm just leaving the church. Oh, and I just kind of don't believe what I used to believe anymore. Um, so I think a lot of people, and then it's, it was one of those things where you feel like you're so alone and you don't have the words for it. You don't have the language. Um, like I had a, a, thank God, like I had a really good friend of mine, you know, Daniel, who was going through the, the same thing at the same time. So we had each other so we could talk and kind of bounce off of each other. Um, but it felt like it was kind of just the two of us. Um, and then it's like, I don't know, you find one podcast you find you read one book whatever and suddenly like this whole new world opens up and you're like oh right. there's like this whole community and there are lots of people you know doing this and so it was right there but we didn't know until we somehow stumbled into it um, so I think a lot of people just haven't stumbled into it um, I also think you know in in the black community and I think in communities of color uh you know, being agnostic, being atheist, these kind of things are just more shameful. Um, sure. You don't, you don't do that. So it's not something you super talk openly about anyway. Sure. So like your friends might know, um, but it's just not something you're kind of bold and out about. Sure. Um, so yeah. And then, so a lot of people just kind of let go of their beliefs quietly. So they're not I really mean. talking about it. And then it becomes, it's like, not even, not even a thing. You're just like, sure. believe or don't believe what I don't believe, but I'm not necessarily talking about it. 
Um, it may have been years since I've been in church. So like some people kind of predated the movement. So it was like, they're already, you know, especially if you left like the black church, then you might not have some of the same traumas and some of the things to kind of work through as sure. somebody else. You just kind of almost like aged out of it, or you just, you know, just stopped going to church and you didn't even really think about it. Um, and now it just doesn't really apply to your life, you know? So they're out there, but they're not really necessarily talking about it. Um, you know, the other thing is, I think white people are just automatically more comfortable and we're more comfortable just automatically assuming like sort of an expert status of them. Right. So they just kind of step up and they're like, hey, I've got something to say. Um, and meanwhile, you know, even a lot of, you know, the, the, the people of color, the black people who are known kind of in the deconstructing space oh because they've written a national book or they you know they've done something right kind of Absolutely. extraordinary like they're not yeah. just me like there's this still is that average... exceptionism too, right for sure like it's right. is a very it's still a very it's not decolonized the, the deconstruction movement as a whole i think there's a lot of people tr intentionally trying to do something about it, but i do wonder yeah, how much this is a sort of self-perpetuating kind of dynamic. Is there any escape from it? You know, right. I, so because like, and I can think about people who had I like I talked to a lot kind of in the background, and we're talking about deconstruction, even if we're not necessarily using that word, where we're just talking sure. about concepts about God, um, and what we used to believe and what we believe now. So it's these conversations but they're just my regular friends, just regular people. So like, if you, I can give you a list of like just regular oh, black folk I, I know who I, who I have amazing conversations with, but they're not, they're not even necessarily like trying to be in this deconstruction sure. space. Like they're not, you know, they'll come on your podcast and maybe give their Instagram account. I don't know, but like, they're not. <laughs> Those are you my know, favorite guests though, where it's just like, I am like just they're not some random the person. And they're not, yeah. I they're... just have grown up. Let me tell you my story. You, I, I have no Instagram to share with you. In fact, please do not share my details with anyone. I don't want weirdos following me. But like, I, I, those are my favorite stories and and the conversations and 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 generally, what I love as well when I'm talking to the experts is I'm much more interested in their story. It's more interesting a lot of the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really intriguing. But you're right, like. There's, there's so many components to that for sure. I, I read a book. Um, I can't remember who wrote it now. Um, and it's really going to grate me, but um, great book called um, Ebony Exodus, which is all about um, the, the mass movement away from Christianity within specifically the, the black American culture. Mm -hmm. um, and, and one of her key points was what you mentioned where there is so much of a tighter kind of correlation between community and church within the black culture uh and and, and generally speaking not uh, as much within other people of color but specifically black um that's so much bigger than even you know we can be pretty tight the evangelicals you know whatever white mormons can be tight you know that's hard to come out of but but it is it's almost more like what maybe a mormon would go through where they they go through such a harder time than most evangelicals because the way they do community is tight. Like it is right. really everything, food, hanging out. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's constantly in relationship and talking to each other. And so to lose Christianity is to lose that. It's an evangelical on some level. If you've deconstructed, you can start doing go, Oh, I kind of get it, but I don't think we 
do generally speaking you know i i've i've have the honor of visiting um different black uh, communities and churches and, and mm -hmm. just going whoa this is not my world this is a totally different way of connecting and doing life than i am used to um and it's beautiful to behold but i can't imagine what that's like having to go yeah, but i don't believe what these people believe and that's what everyone around me needs me to believe like you know for, for me as a black person to go i don't believe what everyone else is believing this is not working like that's a huge cost the cost was was enormous her, her one of her main theses was we need to talk more about this though because if we're not going to talk more about it it's going to remain people just get stuck in that that community and, and can't find freedom to come out and right. to talk and, and talking is important and healing and and things like that but i i did think that's so interesting to me because I don't really know what it's like to to be in that sort of community. I mean, I've had amazing, amazing communities in evangelical world over the years, but um, all of them at some point, I was like, no, nah, I'm done with this and I'm quite comfortable leaving. Like it wasn't that big a cost that I was like, I can't leave. Um, and a lot of times I was financially rooted in it as well, I, you know, traveling and speaking and things. And, and so like, there was even that, but I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, but to lose family, friends, everyone, like you know yeah. that's that's a huge deal uh, yeah. so so huge yeah 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 i mean because i i grew up with with a black pastor but you know very much from aog you know kenneth copeland was one of our like you know spiritual fathers of the church so it was like okay we were black people but it's a very white theology so making right. the switch to hillsong wasn't that big of a jump um, and then after Hillsong, I went to another little church plant led by a Black pastor. And this was a much more intentionally diverse community. So much better as far as, okay, we got people of color speaking and women and, you know, all that is good. But then, you know, when it came to the treatment of queer people, you know, that's right. when I had to go because I was like, oh, it's like, line. we always find some group to kind of, you know, put on the outside you know, yeah. just be like, oh, okay, yeah, I don't need this. But then also like looking at that church and kind of what they were aiming for. And it's like, oh, like we can't help it. Like we just, we look at the mega church and we, you know, you don't like it. We don't want to be that, but we do want those numbers. And mm -hmm. we do want yeah. that, that influence. And so, you yeah. know, we're gonna, ah, it's, it's our flavor, but we're gonna do a little bit more like this. And so I was like, oh, like we just, in some ways, like we can't help it. Like we're just yeah. taught that that numbers and success and wealth and all of these things are like indicators of God's blessing. Sure. And so it's like you start chasing those things and people just become the sacrifice. And then, you know, Christianity anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're supposed to be sacrifices. So this isn't supposed to feel good. It is supposed to There's a to lot hurt. of problematic language we can really grab a hold of for sure. <laughs> Like, yeah yeah so why do we think blessing is associated with god's favor because we were told by god that blessing is associated with god's favor like like right. being good and this is equals what blessing more numbers. looks like you will right. get this yeah exactly right it's yeah. not surprising really but of course that's how people thought three four thousand years ago you know what i mean like they thought if they burned their kids they would get the right rain for the crops that year you know what i mean like we're not talking about people like People worshipped the sun because they were terrified it wouldn't come up that morning. You know, like they're right. worshipping the sun throughout the night. Like no one does that anymore. And yet we're still reading their book. You know, right. like it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's some problems here. Um, yeah. Or at least we're using the same metrics for what 
favor with god looks like or yeah yeah uh, that's yeah. funny i i love that uh you mentioned kevin copeland uh, kevin copeland man that guy is without a shadow of the doubt my one like i i'm i get i can get sucked into conspiracy theories right but talking to conspiracy theories lizard people is not one i can buy into unless you watch kenneth copeland for four seconds and you're like fuck lizard people is a thing it's real he is 100 percent not king human of he, yeah he is terrifying the lizard king like and not even trying to be nice or liked like i'm always amazed i'm like oh. i want to find all these grandmas that are just tossing their money at him to buy him more jets i'm like what do you like about this he is he doesn't try he's yeah. so mean it's like what you're talking about with the church plan right it's like I'm going to just not be nice and then yeah. see if you really want this. It's like a hazing or something to get yeah. in on that. Like, I did not get it. But uh, it's funny just thinking of, like, growing up in that world. Like, because, yeah, I probably at some point would have gone, oh, wow, Kenneth, what a great guy. Like, look at his success. Clearly, he believes the right things. And Right, and God's blessing him. So, yeah, he seems mean, but, I mean, he must be on to something. So, yeah. you know, and then, you so, know, that's my flesh. Some heads can spin 360. That's totally, I mean, I'm sure some people that's normal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. It's, Terrifying. It's, it's deep, though, because, I mean, all the theology, like, it's it's just all these, these loopholes built in, and you're just kind yeah. of taught to doubt yourself. So even you're, you're like, he doesn't yeah. seem nice. Oh, that's me. I'm mm -hmm. judging him. I'm having a bad yeah. thought. I don't, I mean, he doesn't seem nice, but he's, he's blessed. So God must be pleased with him. So then I got to right. get on the same page. So I don't particularly like him, but God loves him. So must be something I need to work on in me, which let me throw him some money. That can be an incredible thing to develop in yourself, right? You're talking about as you're, you know, deconstructing within Hillsong and you're questioning certain things and going, oh, maybe that's my privilege exposed and I need to question why I like the guest seats, you know, or whatever. Right. And then you're, but then the second it starts challenging something else, it's like, oh no, you know, I, I need to question it as well. It's just a blanket questioning um, that done in the right way can be hugely important and amazing, but it's it's just not possible that the person at the top is ever wrong is that's the system right yeah. the system is if you made it to the top you were always right if you made it to the top you're god's chosen if you made it to the top whatever you say goes however you see it works and so if i see a problem with someone at the top it is me i am it's wrong me. there's there's right. no question right it's it's like well why did i get healed well it's not god it's obviously me right however that right. works right well it's not bill johnson it's me bill johnson heals people like that's his thing right and yeah hats off to bill like i i'm like dude his numbers are pretty good i'm impressed great but now i'm left going well i'm obviously some sort of terrible person it's obviously because i masturbate or it's obviously because i right. whatever you know like pick your your poison but if you're a male and you're in the church it's masturbation um, <laughs> and also if you're female it's also masturbation let's be honest um but you know like it's this these immediate doubts of anyone that's in charge um being shut down and then projected onto yourself anything right. that's wrong with them oh no it must be me it must be me it's, it must be me it's terrifying these systemic kind of things that kind of just probably no one sat down and came up with like here's like 10 systemic kind of ways we can build an organization that will oppress people and hold them in place <laughs> that probably never happened right it just slowly evolved over time we went from like burning our kids to get the sun up the next day and then before long like we've got hillsong right and you know what <laughs> that's you know different 
but it, no one at any point is was it? like, maybe if we give out donuts at the beginning, like, you know, no one like was sitting thinking of that at the beginning. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to keep coming for the donuts. Hillsong London gave out Krispy Kremes and Krispy Kremes were like barely, Ooh. there was like one Krispy Kreme in the UK at that point, you know? And I was like, dude, when I go to London, I'm going to Hillsong for my free donut. I could have gone to Krispy Kreme. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> right? But I'm like, oh, there's one church in London I'm going to visit because they're giving me a donut. I, these man powerful whatever it's, they're doing it works it's the little things yeah 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 and you know why because we are not inherently bad because we are inherently good and we want to be part of things that we think are doing good yeah. and so we'll find any way and any justification to do that and to be part yeah. of it and to keep keep going um yeah. and then to try to fix it when it's not doing what it says it's doing like yeah yeah it's just wild it's so so it's it's terrifying it's sad and it's also beautiful it is yeah. it, it points to our eternal optimism and our hopefulness and our goodness and our, our goodness desire yeah. for change and growth and to see the world become a better place it's it's, it's amazing it's, it's it's great as well um yeah. jenny this has been really fun we should we should roll out though because uh uh yeah it's, it's getting late it's like almost seven o'clock here um so <laughs> Yeah, my wife will be wondering where dinner is, so I'm I'm on dinner duty. Um, but uh, this is this was really good. I cook all the dinners. I'm, I I I do dinner. Um, like that's the one job I can do relatively well that you know doesn't really take much, and so it's I can get great points. You know, in in the in the divvying up of chores and stuff, I'm like I'll do dinner. I, I like also I'm really picky, really picky. <laughs> so if I do dinner, pretty much always get what I want. Um, I'll maybe push it a little bit here or there, but on the whole yeah so what's so, what's on the menu tonight do you know what? i think we're gonna have curry so Ooh. i'm excited we do like nice. huge so also because i cook right i'm lazy i do one big batch cook a week of like you know 16 portions of food and then freeze it all up so that generally speaking we've got like five six meals in the freezer that i can nice. like pull from so the curry yeah. as well by the way looks like me putting like food in the microwave hit and go and then like pouring some rice in the rice cooker that is it like it's not a complex uh, affair so uh I'm, hey, on it. I'm on it it works i love it hey like absolutely it's cheap it's easy i'm i'm in for both of those every time <laughs> and it tastes good so yeah well i think it tastes good and she's not complaining because she doesn't want to cook so it's perfect <laughs> this has been so fun jenny i i've loved chatting with you we'll, we'll definitely have to have you back on and, and chat about more stuff and and not get too sucked into just hillsong because I know that that's, it's one of those things, right? You end up getting like, yeah, it's just a big part of your journey. It's hard not, it's hard to avoid that, but I know that there's so much more as well. I'd love to talk more about your art and your podcasts and different things that you're doing. Yeah, so we, we can talk a lot about things, but tell people, um, because you're not someone that wants to hide and doesn't want your Instagram found out. How can people connect with you? What are some of your projects that they can um, connect with? And we'll make sure they're in like show notes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, the main thing, for this is uh, God Has Not Given. That is the podcast. Um, you can also go to GodHasNotGiven.com. That's the blog. Um, and from there, you can pretty much find anything and everything you want to know about Perfect. me and what I'm doing. So awesome. Yeah. Cool. We'll, we'll make sure that's in. It's not hard to remember. God Has Not Given. It's, it's .com, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at Instagram God Has Not Given on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. God Has Not Given on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your Perfect. podcast and then yeah the dot com for the everything awesome so. get some good solid podcasts that aren't just these 
boring experts like pretending to know everything about something when none of us know what the hell is going on anyway let's be honest um yeah that's that sounds good that sounds my, my that's yeah. my meat and potatoes i like i like just down dirty day-to-day -day life like this is what's going on this is how we're living how are you surviving right now yeah, <laughs> like, regular, how do you plan regular. to get through the next week <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna send you yeah some people of color that i just i would i just I would talk love to it. yeah Oh, perfect. Yeah, I, I, I'm keen to get more and more people because I, I, I love, I've got a big, got a list of experts. I've got a list of people that I, I've talked to on Instagram and got to know. And I'm like, I, at some point, I'm going to have you on the podcast. We can tell your story. Um, but absolutely, as far as people of color, both those lists are, are lacking. Um, but it, it is, it's, it's bubbles. It's, it's all that different stuff. So I really appreciate it. So yeah. people can look forward to that as well. But right. you've had them all on your podcast as well. So they should check out your podcast first. So yeah just get on yeah. <laughs> all right jenny absolutely amazing to chat with you i really enjoyed thanks it for thanks having so much me. Oh, this was yeah i so appreciate good. you hanging around for so long so yeah it's good yeah. all right all right catch you later love you bye see ya all right so that was janice legata i hope you enjoyed that conversation um i'd encourage you to check out janice's stuff god has not given.com instagram god has not given i'll put the links in the show notes the podcast God has not given, right? You don't have much to remember here. God has not given. Stick that into search, stick it into Instagram, stick it into your podcast, you'll find her. Um, and so I encourage you to do so. Shoot her a message, let her know that you enjoyed this conversation. It's always lovely to hear from people and and, and know that, um, that they appreciated you sitting and talking to Phil for two and a half hours. And so um, please, by all means, shoot her a message. I'm sure she'd really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that was a, a wonderful conversation. So much to unpack and so much we could have gone into as well. So I'm sure we'll have Janice back on at some point and, and go into a whole bunch more. Um, we we kind of got sucked into a, a whole world of Hillsong and really didn't explore much beyond that once we got sucked in. Uh, but I hope you found it interesting. hope you found it helpful. I've talked to so many people that have, have been through that that. Um, uh, Hillsong Vortex and, and especially in the last uh, you know couple of years with all sorts of different things coming out and um, it, it's it's caused more and more people within that bubble to, to deconstruct and so yeah I hope if any of you are listening um, I'm sure you will find that very interesting and hopefully very helpful and I'm sure Janice would be more than happy if you reached out to her and I am always very happy if you reach out to me as always, please, 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 if you don't have someone to talk to, if you need someone to talk to, shoot me a message. I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to, you know, sit and, you know, do any form of therapy with you, but I'm always in here to listen. I'm always here to help point you in the direction of resources that might help and and just give you a space to vent that's safe. Every message I, I have with people is completely private. It's confidential. I never share anything within the, the DMs. Um, so you can do that on Instagram. I'm just Phil Drysdale. Uh, as I said at the beginning, check out the deconstructionnetwork.com if you're wanting a place to connect with other people locally. Um, and if you are wanting to support what I do and help me in my vision, my mission to help people who are deconstructing um, do so with a little bit less terror, anxiety, fear, all the mass wave of emotions um you know just helping them navigate that I, I really believe that that should be something that people can access for free without any form of uh barrier um if you want to help me do that it 
does require I still pay bills for me to be able to do this full time. I, I can't work. Um, and so you can support me on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Phil Drysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner. Either one um, makes a huge difference. It really does. There's never any need. I'm never going to, you know, obligate anyone to pay or to, to give to get any kind of access to me. Um, I'm always here. I'm always available as best as, as to the best of my abilities. Um, but as a thank you, you could do get access to a private online community via Discord. We do all kinds of amazing discussions all day, every day. Um, it's a really beautiful place and a very safe space to process, regardless of what your deconstruction looks like. We've got people on there that are still Christian. We've got people on there that are agnostic, um, atheists. We've got people that are exploring um, Eastern spirituality, indigenous spirituality. You know, it, it's a very open and diverse place and, and we'd love to see you in there. You also get access to our voice chats and, and, and our Zoom calls that we do as a group uh, fairly regularly as well. And so, yeah, it would be wonderful to see you on there. Um, there's never any pressure to give, though. If you're not able, please enjoy the free resources, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the, the stuff I'm putting out on social media. Um, if you need to talk, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'm always here. That's all for now. I just want to uh, let you know I, I have not forgotten about the Why I Deconstructed podcast with all of your different stories. Um, the reason I'm taking my time with it is I was kind of overwhelmed with the response. I've got about 50 different stories of people um, and how they deconstructed or why they deconstructed. Um, together, it's about two and a half hours of recordings. And I know that no one wants to listen to two and a half hours of recordings of people saying very similar uh, one to five minute snippets. And so I'm trying to figure out how to use that um, in the, the best way that honors your stories that also um, creates something that's usable and listenable. And so um, I'm probably going to break that up into a few episodes, try and um, maybe break it up by themes and, and add a little bit of commentary or something to break it up a bit. Um, but I've not forgotten about it. I am working on it. Uh, watch this space. It will show up at some point uh, on your podcast. But until then, we've got great guests coming uh, constantly and uh, and we'll be putting out more uh, content through the podcast as well. Um, maybe more on our Understanding Deconstruction series as well. So keep an eye out for that. Right. That's enough for me for this week. Two, two and a half hours. Hope you uh, enjoyed uh, the ride. Uh, again, do check out Janice's stuff. It's God has not given. The links are below. And I'll see you uh, next week for another great podcast. Love you all. Peace.